What's up, dudes? It's a vigorous Q and A again. Welcome to Saturday. All right, so let's uh, populate the chat a little bit and get some more viewers going. In the meantime, a couple of announcements. Um, you guys might have noticed that Think Big Bodybuilding uh, got deleted and Bodybuilding with Aaron got deleted for linking to gray area peptide websites. And now we're doing everything we can to get those channels back. But for now, please subscribe to the Think Big Bodybuilding Media 2.0 and Bodybuilding with Aaron Bodybuilding with Aaron 2.0. The links are down below, right? So they can get their second backup channel uh, going again in case they can't get their first channel uh, back. And it's unfortunate. Those are YouTube guidelines. You got to be super, super careful what you post nowadays. Um, so please subscribe to those channels uh, just in case they could, don't get their channels back, but then at least they have a head start. That would do me a huge solid. Um, again, I've gone through all of my uh, videos already, myself, my editor, and uh, I think I made sure that I uh, not mention anything that isn't part of the YouTube policy. But if you want to earn $100, feel free to watch previous videos. And if you can find me a timestamp where I mention um, website XYZ, and also mentioning a discount code, let me know. Send it over by Instagram or by email, and then I'll uh, glad to you, uh, gladly give you a hundred bucks for your efforts. Right? So we have a community effort going on. You can make some money. Um, and again, first come, first serve. So if you're the second person to uh, mention a particular video with a particular timestamp, but somebody else did it before you, then the first one will get his money or her money. Right, so um, that is basically the latest on the, the YouTube algorithm. Um, I spent a good week, good two weeks going through everything, and I think everything is removed. Uh, but you never know, right? If the algorithm, the bots uh, gets me, then uh, maybe this channel will be deleted for about a week. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, my uh, friends over at YouTube can bring me right back. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, uh, so going forward, Ed, we have to be a little bit more restrictive. Uh, this is why I took the Control F sourceless offline, um, right? Because that's just uh, also not a good idea. Uh, but I'm in the process of opening up a mailing list. So you can, uh, in the future, through my website, vigorsteve.com, you can sign up for a mailing list where you can get notified of the latest developments when video drops, um, cool new stuff in the making etc 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 so i would highly advise you to sign up for that mailing list when that is ready okay um uh, this week i did four podcasts so if i'm a little bit tired and slow uh then you, now you know why because i've been on the phone uh, on camera for three three four hours a day including consultations so i, I might be a little bit slow today um so please bear with me it's already getting hot in here so let me turn up this air conditioning one second. Hopefully CRISPR won't, will prevent you guys from picking that up. Uh, so the first podcast I did was with Jordan, Dr. Jordan Shallow. His YouTube channel is down below. Please subscribe there. I think our collaboration will drop on February the 12th. So that's uh, not next week, but the week after on Monday. Uh, that was a very uh, fun conversation about performance enhancing drugs and the risks and the, you know, uh, risk mitigation and that kind of stuff. So that will drop in about uh, eight days, nine days. Right, it's Sunday for me here, but it's probably Saturday for you. Um, and I did a podcast with uh, Tyne Clark, who um, you know found a lot of interesting studies, but unfortunately I have not received the citations yet, which I did ask for, uh, and many of you guys have asked for the citations on uh, the, the interesting factoids. He was able to find on PubMed and other uh, scientific publication websites, uh, but I have not received those citations yet. So 
Stay tuned. And otherwise, uh, uh, go pester uh, Tyan Clark on his Instagram for the citations and then forward them to me because I would like to read them as well. Uh, so that's uh, Dr. Jordan Shallow dropping soon. Dr. Uh, uh, Tyan Clark, we already did last Thursday. And then uh, yesterday, I did a podcast with Ryan Root, the former steroid kingpin, one of the biggest sources in labs in the United States at one point. He got busted, did his time, and now we can talk about that openly. So that will be dropping next week. And today I had a podcast with Dr. Adil Khan. Yeah, follow-satin gene therapy, stem cells, mitochondrial health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was, that, look forward to that one because that was a very, very cool discussion one-on-one uh, -on -one because, of course, Dr. Adil Khan is highly knowledgeable when it comes to the subject. And uh, I uh, navigate uh, fairly well through these kinds of topics. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if you're not subscribed yet, you should subscribe now because that podcast was one of my favorites to do. So um, that was today. And then besides all the consultations, well, you guys know I'm always in demand. Uh, let's see, what are the other updates? Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, yeah, uh, the Anavar, uh, best dose of Anavar will drop on Monday. That's almost uh, finished. A couple final uh, touches and then that can go live. And then I have step-by-step uh, -step cycle design and uh, the best cutting cycle. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool videos in the making, guys. Yeah, you will be pleased. So let's get started. I see the chat is already filling up, but let's get right to the Super Chats, which were posted 50 minutes before this uh, vigorous Q&A went live. So let's see if we get uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes behind of the chat again. All right, let's see. Can you guys hear me? You're not complaining, so it should be fine. Uh, let's see. Nikolai Powell. Hey, Steve. Would adding in natokinase while uh, taking a selective estrogen receptor modular for either post-psychotherapy or gyno help reduce the clotting risk? Um, I'm not entirely sure. If there's a study that shows that natokinase in combination with clomid or enclomiphene uh, does not potentiate or increase clotting risk or has any um you know keeps like the clotting factors the fibrinogen and factor v leiden uh markers and whatever else if that keeps it all the same uh, then go right ahead but as far as i know and i can't say that i've looked into this drug interaction um i don't think that that's uh, a way to circumnavigate that and again keep in mind you know the clotting risk of selective estrogen receptor modulator is a low and rare side effect but just because it's low and rare uh, in this day and age, uh, which might have incre increased clotting risks, um, right? There's not so much scientific evidence to pull from. So if you feel safer running a serum for PCT or gyno while using natokinase, go right ahead. But will it actually protect you? I'm not entirely sure. I am not entirely sure. Next one, diesel. If I'm using telmosartan and my body no longer needs it due to uh, needs it lowered due to diet, so your blood pressure is in a range because you changed your diet. Okay, yeah. Uh, will my body let me know by starting having side effects, headaches, fatigues, muscle aches, shortness of breath, and joint pain? Um, could be, of course. If your blood pressure is too low, it might give you a headache or fatigue or muscle aches or shortness of breath. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if joint pain is related to low blood pressure, but if it is. Um, yeah, or you could just buy, uh, you know, a blood pressure cuff around your wrist, a wrist or your arm, if your arm is not so big yet, and, and monitor your blood pressure that way. You know, if you're using an angiotensin receptor blocker or any other method to control your blood pressure besides electrolytes and water intake, right, even if you use Cialis, get an Omron 7 
put it around your wrist, wrist, put your hand like this on the table, heart height. Uh, let me remove this. Right, heart height. And you just chill, let it inflate and deflate, and then you get the readings. I mean, they're like 50, 60 bucks. And for fuck's sake, Diesel, I linked the Amazon links to the Omron 7 underneath every video. So you don't have to wait until you get side effects. You can see <laughs> your Omron 7 if your blood pressure is too low. And now people, of course, are going to debate. Yeah, it's not very accurate and this and this and that. Okay, go to the hospital every time you wake up. Ask to check your blood pressure there. This is the best method you have to check your blood pressure at home. And I certainly feel that it's more accurate than an arm cuff, uh, unless you have skinny arms. Like if you have 11 inch arms, all right, you can use the arm cuff. But if you have cannons, proper cannons, um, and, and you proper cannons to the point that you need an angiotensin receptor block blocker to control your uh, blood pressure, then uh, I would go with a wrist cuff in the form of an Armour on seven. It's a link down below. Yeah. All right, couple membership questions. Uh, Soviani Rostyang, uh, hey Steve, what do you think? Is, is there desensitization to use uh, testosterone? How long do you recommend a product-free break every year, one month more or less? Um, I don't think that there's any desensitization to testosterone. I mean, it's a bioidentical hormone, um, and even at higher dosages, it seems to work just fine. It seems to work just fine. You know, I mean, Ty and Clark mentioned something about the androgen receptor downregulating uh, or, or returning to baseline after six to eight weeks, but um, I've not read that study and I'm still waiting for the citations. So until uh, some scientific evidence changed my mind, uh, I would say that nobody ever has to cycle off testosterone unless you suffer from androgen insensitivity syndrome, which basically means that your androgen receptors are non-responsive. So uh, unless you suffer from that, and you can usually see that by serum, uh, you know, total testosterone levels being uh, super high um, because they're simply not binding to the androgen receptor because the gag repeaters are too short. Um, so if that if it was naturally the case, like, oh, my same testosterone is 1,500 nanograms per deciliter. I don't need TRT. But in reality, the testosterone isn't even getting to the receptor and thus um, you don't get any of the beneficial effects of the, all this circulating testosterone. So I don't think that there is any desensitization to testosterone, but... I do think that with prolonged uh, exogenous use of testosterone, metabolic rate increases and micronutrient requirement increases. And if you're not supplementing with micronutrients accordingly, right, for metabolism in the form of iodine or selenium or for androgen-mediated gene transcription in the form of, um, let's say, zinc or selenium, right, if you're not supplementing with that or getting more than you were previously without the exogenous testosterone, then yeah, there might be uh, some down-regulating effects regarding the effects of testosterone. So, um, right, if you go on uh, a TRT or then some, then you also need to make sure that your micronutrient intake is carefully adjusted. And, uh, I mean, if you need testosterone medically, there should be no breaks. Um, you can do a break with HCG monotherapy if your testicles are responsive, right? Assuming you don't have a varicose cell or, uh, or you still have your testicles. I mean, some people have their testicles removed and they wouldn't be able to come off testosterone. Otherwise, they'll be fucking androgen deficient. So I don't think it's need, man. Coming off growth hormone, there's something to say for that. Coming off insulin, there's definitely something to say for that. Coming off all the other anabolic androgenic steroids, there's something to say for that. But if you want to go back down to baseline, a TRT dose of testosterone, I think it's totally fine. Miss Alejandra uh, asks, would an albuterol inhaler work for fasted cardio instead of clambuterol? Um, well, it would open up the bronchioles, right? So you can breathe better, 
but um, I don't think it will potentiate any fat loss. Now, if you take uh, oral albuterol, that can potentiate some fat loss. People take two milligrams, four milligrams, eight milligrams, 12, 16 milligrams even. Right? Usually in countries where clenbuterol is highly uh, illegal and somehow they can get albuterol from uh, the veterinary pharmacy or the human pharmacy, and that's all they can run. So it's not, when it comes to fat loss, it's better than no nothing, obviously. Um, but you know, I, I think comparative-wise, 20 micrograms of clenbuterol is about as potent as four milligrams albuterol if you take that orally and you know albuterol salbutamol inhalers it's like 100 micrograms per puff and if you even if you take four puffs 400 micrograms um which is what 20 times higher than 20 micrograms of clenbuterol uh, uh, no additional fat burning will take place otherwise it will be in the insert right uh, don't don't give your kids or the adults more than x amount of uh, administrations otherwise uh, tachycardia right increased heart rate and uh, fat loss and weight loss and uh, those kinds of things would be side effects. Um, it could be in the insert. I mean, it's been a while since I read it. But um, if you want to increase your stamina and performance, an albuterol inhaler, inhaler will be beneficial. But will it burn fat? No, I don't think so. And now i got a dry mouth because the air conditioning is blowing in my face. All right, next one. Sovan, hey Steve, you made a video explaining that you use insulin with your testosterone replacement therapy. What benefits do you, did you derive from it? How long did you do it? Is it worth doing when you control your diet? Yes. So again, in, in the context of TRT, it's mostly accrual. So for most men who just start TRT, there's no benefits from insulin because their muscle mass has not been, um, you know, accomplished on a higher dose than TRT. So if you go on TRT, you can probably make gains. And adding in the insulin will not give you any more significant gains because the testosterone dose is reasonably low to merely make significant progress. But if you've made significant progress on an actual steroid cycle with growth hormone insulin IGF-1, so let's say you ended up in a gram of something, gram steroids and four to eight IUs of growth hormone and, and, and 20 IUs of insulin and some IGF-1 or whatever else you ran at that time, you go back down to TRT, a cruising dose, and you take the growth hormone out because you know you're not going to really make any new uh, muscle gains. So you want to save some money in the process, but you still want this anabolism and this muscle fullness and this nutrient partitioning in place. You keep the insulin in, all right? So in the context of coming from an actual cycle down to a cruise, which is TRT plus insulin, it makes sense. But if you're starting with a cruise, you've been on the cruise for a decade, and now you want to add in insulin and you're not a diabetic, I, I highly doubt it's going to make a difference. Yeah, even if your diet and your training is perfect. But, you know, and I know some guys who run insulin and get good results. You know, they might use insulin and a growth hormone secretagogue because it's cheaper, right? There's, there's multiple ways to get towards your goals. But in the context of adding in insulin to TRT, that's just to sustain the size and strength a little bit better if the size and strength has been set on a much higher dose than TRT. Lewis asks, hey, Steve, I know this isn't exactly your wheelhouse, but I've been thinking about experimenting with some penis enlargement, and I was curious what your thoughts on uh, PADs that might help uh, get you more pumps and hanging processes. Uh, I really don't know. Let me link you the Andrak Tim video. Uh, let's see. That might be a good opportunity to make money. <laughs> I'm not sure if I, may, if I uh, eggplant. Did I take that one offline? Did I? 
Oh no, it's still published. <laughs> all right. Uh, let me link it down below. That's all I know about PE, man. And I got the full protocol in there with Cialis Growth Hormone and the DHT Cream. Watch that video. Yeah, and, and to come back to uh, Miss Alejandro, let me link you the albuterol video where I compare albuterol to uh, clembuterol. At the time, I didn't know that uh, people were actually taking uh, albuterol as tablets. So might be a bit outdated, but hey, that's why we're doing some of the old content, right? All right, where are we? Filippo's Jim. Hey, Steve, I'm currently building up to 300 milligrams Primo, 200 tests, 2.5 IUs from a great GHP per week. I want to build mass as lean as possible. Given the stack, how would you design uh, a caloric surplus? Um, well, 10% more than you do now. Watch for the step-by-step -step cycle design video. Um, the cycle is fine. You might be a little bit low in your estradiol, so please do your blood work three to six weeks into it to see where your serum estradiol levels are at because this ratio of Primo to testosterone might suppress your serum estradiol levels uh, too much. Uh, but if you're fat um, and you have a lot of rotas and some activity in your adipose tissue, then this might be the ratio that you need, right? I don't know what you look like uh, and I don't know uh, what your body fat levels are. So do your blood work and take it from there. Uh, given this stack, uh, if you want to build lean mass, um, make as much progress as you can on this stack, increase your caloric intake with 10%. And then make as much progress as you can on that until you stall and then you increase with 10% again. But again, the step-by-step -step cycle design video will explain all of that in depth. Um, let's see. I cur, whatever. Uh, Ilker. Well, Ilker. <laughs> Ilker, I cur. Uh, As is underground light primo always fake and is there a chance for it to be real? No, there's plenty of uh, real uh, underground light primo out there. Plenty. But I don't know which brands are good. <laughs> I guess I don't keep track. I know the Bay Arima Bolin is good. And I also know that those are like $16, $25, $35 per ampule, uh, which is probably my fault because I've been hyping Prima Bolin uh, for such a long time. And thus there is a scarcity. And now it goes to the highest bidder. Um, I would still be able to get it for a fair price, but I'm you know in a favorable position. And even then I wouldn't pay $12 per fucking ampule of Bayer Testifier, uh, Rima Bolin. I would just run more tests than an aromatized inhibitor. Uh, yeah, so... Underground Lab Primo, I'm sure there's some good stuff out there, but I wouldn't know which one. So please read the reviews. Yeah, please research. All right, let's get started. Yes, we're 20 minutes behind on the chat. Octavian, what's up? Here we go. John uh, McKechnie. Hey, Steve, how long would BBC 157 be detectable? Man, somebody didn't watch the previous video, right? So I'll take your 14 czar. And I'll link you to BPC-157 video, which I just released five days ago. But, uh, you know, people are just too lazy. They'd rather pay. Okay, well, I take your money. Uh, BPC-157 in the scientific evidence is detectable at least three days in... Uh, man, I already forgot. I think it's three days in humans and four days in animal models. And in humans, it was added to human urine. So it was detectable for at least three days, but I didn't further investigate. After those initial three days, so it might be detectable for two weeks. And the four-day detection time is when it's administered intramuscularly to rats. So they didn't also investigate beyond those four days. So at least four days, 
I would say based on the two scientific evidence that I was able to find, and again, I link everything in the BPC 157 video, a link down below, uh, I would recommend you to stop one month before getting tested just to play it safe and especially after the summer olympics there might be all kinds of new testing parameters including the detection of bbc 157 in the scientific evidence that i listed and discussed in the video they um, are able to detect five metabolites in urine um, but that being said nobody has failed so far for bbc 157 uh, at least not a documented failed. So, uh, sometimes they fail, but they don't document that. So I went through all of the uh, non-doping cases as of recent, and, and there was one uh, athlete who failed for BBC 157 because she admitted to running BBC 157, was an MMA athlete. Again, it's all discussed in the BBC 157 video. So uh, give that a fucking watch, bro. What's up? What's up, Octavian? It's getting honey here, so you better take off all your clothes. Yeah, well, that's on uh, the Vigorous Fans website. Uh, Marco Marcel, hey Steve, do you think about Accutane treatment while I'm off PEDs? I'm on uh, my, I'm on my supplementation on point. Okay, uh, I, I think it's fine. It's I think it's fine. Check your liver enzymes and then watch your mental state and your libido, because Accutane at higher dosages is known to kind of kill your libido and your mental health. Uh, that's why there's uh, some instances of suicide, which, um, of course, if you're on Accutane, you know, you might be depressed before you get on it because you have such severe acne in your teenage years that you get bullied and then the Accutane is lowering your mental state even worse and it's probably not uh, fixing the acne fast enough. And then, uh, yeah, some people kind of delete themselves, you know. So is it the Accutane or just the circumstance? I'm not entirely sure. I haven't researched it that in that uh, extent. But if you're off all the other PEDs and you're not drinking and smoking and doing anything else uh, terrible for your liver health, then uh, it, it's probably the safest period to run Accutane because Accutane is pretty deleterious for your health. So at least you're on one deleterious thing and not a lot. Uh, and then you'll have to decide what the dose is. 10 milligrams twice per week is enough to keep acne at bay. But if you want to kill acne permanently, and I've done this, I've went up to 50 milligrams, 60 milligrams per day for months, and it, it, it still didn't kill my acne completely. I mean, I still have pimples here and there, um, you know? So just eat healthy. It sucks. But I have a lot of acne videos. Give those a watch. Uh, Tace, why do bodybuilders not use empagliflozin to lose weight instead of T3 and those other hard toxic compounds? Because empagliflozin is not a fat burner. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it literally instructs your kidneys to pee out uh, glucose. So bodybuilders need some glucose, not only to sustain their blood glucose levels, but also for fullness. And of course, T3 will make you flat, but you can combat that by uh, increasing you know your uh, your protein intake and and you know your carbohydrate intake around the workout whereas with empagliflozin if you increase your carbohydrate intake you just pee it out so it's a diabetic medication and i thought it might have some practical application if you're on high growth hormone dosages but uh, most people that i've talked to on high growth hormone dosages also run high testosterone dosages and other uh, insulin sensitizing compounds and their blood glucose levels don't really go up so Empagliflozin, the only real practical application I see is uh, one, if you're a diabetic, and two, if you're uh, in kidney failure, and three, uh, if you go to the hotel buffet and you eat all the cakes at the cake aisle, right, after you're done slaying all the other aisles, and uh, you don't want to get fat, and then you combine empagliflozin with metformin and uh, Xenical and Garcinia and Tutka and whatever else you can get away with, 
um, so you can, uh, you know, excrete and not absorb a good amount of the calories that you just ate. And you'll still gain some calories, obviously. But yeah, I, I know. I, I don't really see any practical applications for bodybuilders, especially not in the context of fat loss. Carlos, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, I was doing my fasted cardio, drinking my Guerrero Mount Respawn, I also bought with Code Vigors. Very nice. That will get you 10% off and will give me a 20% kickback. So keep using those codes. Bill K, uh, how do I find uh, the idea of TOT with testosterone and decanate all year round and add a faster test ester and other anabolics while on a blast? Jesus. Punctuation. Um, Okay, so you want to run testosterone and decanoate for TRT the entire year. And when you want to blast, you want to add in a faster testosterone ester for limited, uh, limiting the pin frequency while cruising just on test. Okay, that's fine. All right, I watched the Lazy Man's TRT video. Lazy Man's TRT video. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Great thumbnail. That's exactly what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> a bathing robe. All right, watch that video about uh, one uh, testosterone administration per week. And then if you want to add in faster esters, but dude, if, if you want to blast, just pin more testosterone on the can of weight. <laughs> you can do two cc's on Monday, two cc's on Friday, and then you get a thousand milligrams. You know, testosterone on the can of weight is, uh, or the can of weight is, is uh, 250 milligrams in most concentrations, or you add in testosterone in a day, 250 milligrams for one milliliter. So you go from one cc to four cc's per week, Thousand milligrams of test. That's one hell of a cycle, dude. And it's only two shots. Uh, what do you think of Peter Thiel's enhanced games? Uh, are also known as the Steroid Olympics. Well, um, for the guys that uh, are new to this channel, I already did a, a very lengthy interview with Dr. Aaron De Souza, and I actually met him in real life here in Thailand. Uh, we discussed a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of cool things in the making. Yeah, the IOC and the Olympics and WADA will not be around for long. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's so fucking cool and um yeah peter thiel of course uh, adding in his uh, bag to the mix is only better because you know the showcase event i think is going to take place this year and then uh, they can show that all the athletes are taken care of and healthy and they'll do some additional testing and then show that the athletes are just breaking uh, world records left and right and then once they have a full-blown uh, steroid olympics um then i'm just gonna fly over there and then try to be a part of it and help out where i can because it, this i think this is the greatest fucking event in our lifetime for people in the enhanced fitness community and, and again we discussed this at length with dr adil khan who's also uh peter uh, teal also in, uh, invested in in his company right with the stem cells and that kind of stuff so uh, it's a very tight network and everybody is super excited for this to happen and once the once um you know, everybody else gets a whiff of this. Olympics will be gone and the corruption will die. I'm fucking excited. Let's see. Bill K. Also, the latest podcast with Tyler Clark was awesome. Keep them coming. Yes. More podcasts on the way. I did an announcement at the start of this video. Okay. Jason Koch. Uh, sub bra. I hope you're all good. At what point have you seen non-natty still be able to gain some muscle on a cut? to about 12, 15% starting pre-fat. Well, if you're not at your natural potential, then you can still gain some muscle mass, especially if you have fast your off season, that's why you got fat. And then you suddenly start taking everything serious. So you manipulate your training volume and your diet and your supplementation and your sleep, right? You optimize everything. 
Yeah, you go from 60% to 100%. And in that uh, almost doubling of your effort, you can uh, certainly gain some muscle mass where you'll start cutting. Maybe you can even gain muscle mass until you're 10%. And of course, if you're starting at 20% body fat and you have zero muscle, then you can basically stay the same weight and recomp until you plateau, right? And you might need a diet break or maybe that's, uh, you know, you already got all the newbie gains over those first three to six months while dieting. So it can happen. But if you're absolutely phenomenal and you're at the peak of your natural limit, uh, guess what? You're not going to gain shit. <laughs> You'll be happy to sustain what you have, but you're probably going to lose some size and strength. But that's just part of the game, you know. But to about 12 to 15%, I don't think you're going to lose much muscle mass or size because, you know, unless you're starting at 50% body fat, when the dieting journey is going to be longer, right? It, the duration of your diet is also deterministic of how much gains, size, and strength you're losing. So if you're starting at 20%, I don't think you're going to lose any uh, size, but, you know, you might not gain any process that's why it's better to stay lean guys all right amado serna 40 years old 25 percent body fat i've been on trt since september 2022 and 120 milligrams per week i want to test out higher dosages uh, s2 what is this sw272 what does this stand for SW272, I have no idea what is this lifting in pounds? Strength weight? I don't, I don't know what that deals abbreviation stands for. Your thoughts on what dose I should run and any other compounds as you throw in? Open to other sides, uh, others besides test. Uh, I, I would go to 200 milligrams of test and start looking into growth hormone. Uh, you probably need an aromatized inhibitor for this amount of testosterone. And since you're higher body fat percentage, um, there's a lot of potential for aromatization. So if you go from 120 tests to 200 tests, that's an increase of, uh, what is it? Well, a little bit over 50%. You should definitely notice that. I would look into growth hormone to help with a little bit of lipolysis. Of course, your caloric intake should be low enough to uh, make sure that you lose body fat and your caloric expenditure um, Right, ne needs to be uh, high enough for you to actually promote fat loss, um, assuming that's uh, what you're after. Uh, but I would say that 25% body fat, I mean, what else would you be after? <laughs> right? I want to I get up to 50% body fat, right? That's usually not what people ask about. Um, and until you're 12, 15% body fat, there's nothing else besides testing growth hormone. It's that simple, right? Earn it. So if you want to use fat burners, you don't need it right now because you're still fat. You only need fat burners when you stall at around 12%, ideally 10% body fat. You don't need uh, insulin. You don't need IGF-1 because you're, you've only been on TRT, right? So you don't need so much anabolic incentive to, uh, you know, get your muscularity to the next level. If anything, I would look into Anavar, but only when you're 12% body fat. Yeah, so, so get lean first and then ask me this question again. And I don't know what SW272CW188 stands for. So... Please, maybe uh, when we get down to the follow-up questions, I'll be able to answer those. Uh, VV, benefits of edging regarding TTFT. TT, to a total test and free testosterone. Okay, I'm assuming that's that's what it is, right? You have 200 characters to play with, so you don't have to abbreviate everything, okay? Uh, benefits of edging. Uh, I, I think uh, NoFop is fucking pathetic. Right? If you, uh, unless you're at home, uh, you know, uh, constantly masturbating to lolly, uh, 
bullshit en 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 anime en en onlyfans okay then you need a, a dopamine detox obviously but if you're a, a attractive man that's uh, you know appealing for the other sex or the same sex right it's 2024 you can't judge anymore um if you're in the market let's put it that way why the fuck would you edge <laughs> spread the fucking love i mean i can't yeah let me put the monstrosers ejaculation stack out there monstrosers God, that thumbnail is so fucking good. And it's an older video also. Anyway, uh, if you want to edge it to surprise your partner and build up a little bit of semen volume, go for it. Uh, but don't do it to increase your total testosterone or free testosterone. All right? If you want to increase your total testosterone or free testosterone, take some fucking tests like all the other men. Okay? Please. Don't miss the MK677 questions. Yeah, if they're super chatted, I might ask to answer them. But otherwise... I uh, have selective right, reading capabilities. <laughs> All right. Let's turn this thing off. I wish it wasn't so hot here sometimes in Thailand. So I don't have to blend all this shit right in my mouth. I'm going to be forced to drink all my water. I'm going to have to piss up a storm. All right. Fingers crossed I'm not going to melt. Uh, Chris Upperco, low aromatizer on 120 milligrams testosterone, 1,000 total testosterone, 23 estradiol on HCG as well, low libido and weak erections. Would you ever advise injectable estradiol? Uh, no, watch the Lazy Man's TRT video and inject your testosterone intermuscularly once per week and maybe increase your HCG dose um, to bring your estradiol levels up. All right, your total testosterone levels will stay pretty much the same. Uh, albeit that they will fluctuate a little bit throughout the week. So instead of two times a week or three times a week or every other day, whether that's intramuscular or subcutaneous, go to once per week and go from 250 IOs to 500 IOs HCG, right? So uh, give that a try. I would advise against injectable or oral estradiol because it's so easy to overshoot. And I've seen guys, yeah, I'm going to inject like one milligram estradiol. And it, it might be fine once or twice, and at one point it builds up, and then our serum estradiol is like 200 picograms per milliliter. <laughs> it's fucking high, dude. So yeah, maybe it's not the low estradiol. Maybe maybe your prolactin levels are high, right? I mean, maybe maybe you're just uh, sleep-deprived. Maybe you're on a low-fat diet. I mean, watch the libido video. Let me link it down below. Libido. The first and last and only libido video you'll ever need. Man, how many libido videos do I have? All right. Let me link it down below. I will give you some good suggestions, man. All right, next one. But no, I, I would not do estradiol injections, man. Just increase your HCG dose and, and reduce your injection frequency for testosterone and then see if that changes. Uh, give you give me a quiz list of nootropics to emulate the mental boost you get from more tests. Uh, well, dopaminergic uh, nootropics, right? Because more tests increases dopamine signaling. So, uh, L-tyrosine, vitamin B6, B5P, and 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 then dopaminergic, uh, yeah, nootropics like Adderall or uh, modafinil or does paracetam. Man, I haven't really dived into some of these nootropics that in depth. So, uh, I don't know. Type into Google dopamine and uh, nootropics and see which match. And otherwise, check, ask ChatGPT 
from off the top of my head, it's Adderall, Modafinil, and the L-tyrosine. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah. IBM. Let me see if there's a question attached to that. I don't see it. Uh, so thank you for your super sticker, BM. And otherwise, remind me a little bit later. Carlos, uh, what are your thoughts on ketogenic diet supposedly inhibiting mTOR, especially for natties? Is this a non-issue as long as you're in caloric surplus? Um, I mean, isn't this only in the case of like uh, like intermittent fasting? You know, I I'm not entirely sure in what context that is, but I've done a ketogenic diet all my life, and I uh, or the majority of my adult life, and I can't say that I uh, I lost out on any gains because of it. <laughs> So I think it's a non-issue, man, especially the mental clarity that you get from it. All right, next one, Matt. Uh, Steve, what stack or compounds do you recommend to improve skin texture quality? Tight, free from blemishes, just useful uh, looking in general. Is this from age, low body fat, specific steroids, growth hormone, just the next? Uh, I think it's the low oxidative stress. So if you take something like injectable glutathione or NAC, uh, N-acetylcysteine at least, I think it will help with, um, you know, oxidative damage and oxidative stress on your skin, making you look a little bit more youthful. Of course, the collagen supplements, you know, I don't want to, I don't care what the scientific evidence says, but uh, collagen synthesis supplements doesn't contribute to collagen synthesis. Fuck off and die, please. I've been doing it my entire life and I haven't had an injury since. And my skin is pretty fucking good. Certainly a lot better than all those anti-aging and longevity experts out there that look like a fucking ashtray. So... And especially if I shave, and I don't look as handsome right now because I didn't shave. But if I shave, dude, I mean, I look like a fucking well, yeah, <laughs> I look pretty good. Let's put it that way. I certainly don't look 40 years old. And that's coming from people, uh, you know, in my surroundings, not tooting my own fucking horn. So here is your stack for youthful skin. Sweat a lot. Good for hydration. Drink a lot. Good for hydration. Injectable glutathione, NEC, vitamin C, etc. Basically everything that I discussed in the mitochondrial support stack. Very good for antioxidant status and overall, um, uh, you know, skin texture and health. Collagen supplements alongside vitamin C and maybe some hyaluronic acid if it's part of your, um, you know, uh, collagen supplements. You can even inject hyaluronic acid, but I don't have any experience with that. But some people notice that they get good skin texture from that. Uh, when I was running GHK Copper, I think my skin was a little bit better, but I was also on a, a cycle of steroids. And I, I usually notice that my skin gets a little bit better if I'm on cycle, um, even though you would think the otherwise. But if I run Test Primo, and a little bit of clenbuterol and growth hormone, my skin looks absolutely fucking flawless, especially with glutathione in the mix. So uh, GSK Copper can help with that to a certain extent. And uh, oh, scrubbing, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and in Thailand, they have services for that. Uh, unfortunately, I can't visit those services because those usually have a happy, happy ending. Uh, but allegedly, so I've heard that there are services, <laughs> services for scrubbing. And, uh, and then you walk away with a very good experience. Yeah, so and otherwise you have to get one of those loafers and just do it yourself, you know. But yeah, skin hygiene is just, and, and diet, yeah, diet, you know, no smoking, no drinking, anything that dehydrates your skin. Um, so it's basically looking youthful and no blemishes. That's like a full-time job. But I, trust me, I'm covered in blemishes, dude. I got scars. If, I mean, this week alone, I think I, I hit the machines at the muscle factory like seven times. So I got like, like all these lines across my calves 
because I'm clumsy walking around with, you know, 45 pound plates and they crash into another machine. So now my, my calves are covered in, looks like I was wrestling a Bengal tiger. Yeah. But the glutathione helps. Oh, starting weight. Uh, all right. Yeah. So he did want to get leaner. Starting weight is 272 pounds. Dude, you're fat. Dude, you're not 25% body fat, dude. <laughs> That's 35. Cut the crap. Cut the crap and get lean. All right. And the goal body weight is 188. So you want to lose close to 100 pounds? Yeah. 200 tests. And, and 2.4 IU's growth hormone split out over 1.2 IU administrations around activity. Let's say one hour before activity. And, and be in a, in a caloric deficit and start, and start running because you're probably fatter than you think you are, you are if you're 272 pounds. Now make it happen. I hate to be hard on you, but you're asking for drugs when in reality you just stop eating so much. All right, where are we? Yeah, even Alexander says it. Just, just jogging, just jogging, bro. That's that's the solution. Just jogging. <laughs> D tree. Uh, how to switch from HCG monotherapy a thousand IOs three times a weekly to TRT? Just add tests and reduce HCG to two hundred fifty IOs. Anything else to consider? Or PCT first. Uh, well, you kind of answered your own question there, buddy. That's exactly what I would do. Or reduce the HCG to two hundred fifty IOs. And add in the TRT. So you do 50 milligrams of testosterone Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 150 milligrams total per week. And HCG, you do 250 IOs Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But before you make the switch, be responsible and do some fucking blood work. All right? Do some fucking blood work, bro, please, for fuck's sake. Because maybe on HCG monotherapy, your HCG estradiol is already sky fucking high. And adding in a little bit of testosterone as this estradiol is already high will increase your... Yeah, adding in testosterone while your estradiol is already high will increase your estradiol even more. And now you've got full-blown gyno and libido issues and emotional damage and, uh, and, and you know, uh, yeah, all kinds of weird thoughts. Uh, so uh, do some blood work. Maybe you need to taper off the HCG for a week. You go to 250 hours for a week, let the estradiol come down a little bit. And then you add in the TRT, right? You don't have to do a post-psychotherapy. You already pulled the plug and your testicular function is still active and you're going to keep that active with HCG. Um, so why do a PCT if your pituitary is still going to be shut down when you go on TRT afterwards? Yeah. Blood work, buddy, please. Iron grade, it's pointless, dude. Likes are, um, it's too much effort. I stopped asking for it in the videos because it's fucking pointless. It's fucking pointless to ask for likes. It's fucking pointless to ask for subscribes. Uh, people are going to do what they do, right? So let's let people be. If you want to subscribe, if you want to like, cool. If you don't want to do that, and uh, yeah, and at one point I get off YouTube because it's not worth my time. Uh, whose fault is that then, you know? <laughs> if I'm like, fuck it, nobody likes and nobody comments and the algorithm is not boosted, well, okay, then I'll just move on, All right? So if you want me to stay, like the fucking video. Uh, Ilker Aker, okay. Man, that name. Uh, let's see. How, where can I ask you questions if that I cannot ask on YouTube because of the latest developments regarding YouTube guidelines? Instagram. No, only here. 
I don't answer to Instagram uh, DMs anymore. It's 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 like 500 messages per day, dude. It's it's too much. It's too much. You can ask me here, and otherwise, uh, I offer personalized advice by email. So, uh, if you want to ask me specific questions that are not part of YouTube, then then yeah, that's what the personalized advice by email is. But I uh, I offer everybody a once a week opportunity to ask me questions right here, uh, which as you can see from the the live stream, there's 190 people and and the the super chats and the questions just keep piling up. Um, but if you want me. If you want to ask something specific that I can't turn into a video, then that's what the personalized advice by email is for. Please don't send me any more DMs. It's getting obscene. Yeah, I just delete all of them. It's too much. And it's the same fucking questions every day. So, you know, after 10 years of answering uh, DMs by Instagram, I, uh, I quit. I quit. Ask me here every week. Figures Q&A. Jason Koch, uh, hey, more serious question. I'm bipolar, usually stuck uh, in a down phase. Only nootropic supports that I can help. I hate meds. That's why I'm fat. I have uh, morbs. I mean, then I say fat. Okay, so I, I'm not familiar with bipolar issues and what you can do, which nootropics you can take to help with that. Um, so I would advise you to, um, I don't know, do your own research. And, and look for uh, places where uh, bipolar people have good reports on using particular nootropics or particular practices um, that help with that because I, I'm not familiar with that and I don't want to give you any advice that could make your bipolar uh, conditions worse. So, yeah, I'm sorry I can't help with that, you know. But I hope you find a solution. Right? This, this YouTube channel is mostly for athletes and, and entrepreneurs and people who want to use performance enhancing drugs to uh, improve their lives, but I'm not in a position to um, resolve basically medical issues, right? If you want, if you're good and you want to enhance, fine. But if you're not good and right, you have a medical condition, um, then I would advise you to seek medical professionals who are specialized in that because that is not what this YouTube channel is for. Let's see, Jordan Hurley, I'm 23 years old, widespread joint pain from bursitis and tendonitis in shoulders, BBC, CJC, Ipermoral and worth running. Will the injection in my shoulder reach other joints? Uh, well, if you have bursitis, I think right, that's where the, the synovial fluid kind of expands and you have like a little bubble. It usually happens in the elbows. And tendonitis, of course, is an inflammatory condition. Uh, BBC 157, CJC, Ipermoral might be uh, worth running, but I would still get diagnosed first and see what the structural issues are and if you have any chronic systemic inflammation resulting in you having tendonitis. Or maybe it's because you're sleeping on your side and you're not moving. Maybe your mattress is shit. Maybe, uh, I don't know, foot position is off and that's why you have, like, I don't completely understand how biomechanics uh, work to that extent, but I'd, I mean, it could be an issue somewhere else, right? Or maybe the sports that you're performing or maybe you're sitting in a desk chair which is programming all the time. So. Try to identify what the root cause of the bursitis and tendonitis is, address that. And once you go on a route of healing, then yes, BBC 157, CJC 1295, with or without the drug affinity complex, hypermorelin, uh, might be worth running um, if there's something that you can actually heal um, besides, uh, you know, lifestyle interventions, right? So, and if you inject that in the shoulder, 
Um, CJC1295 and Ipromural will work on the pituitary, so it doesn't matter where you inject that. Uh, but BBC157 will mostly act locally because it's rapidly inactivated in the bloodstream within a couple hours. And of course, if you inject it locally, you have to look at it this way. The concentration locally is dense, but then when it disperses out of the body, the concentration is low. So, of course, you want a high concentration at the site of injury or at the site of bursitis and tendonitis. Um, so I would, if you have a joint pain in the shoulders on both sides, then you have to inject it on both sides. And I would look into TB500 as well, which is very good to lower inflammation and add in additional healing. Um, so I would do BBC157, TB500, uh, where the injuries are, and CJC1295 uh, and Ipermorel and sub-Q somewhere twice per day to help with growth hormone secretion, which will work synergistically with the BPC157 at least. Um, and again, maybe it's maybe it's early onset of osteoporosis. Maybe you're chronically inflamed for some sort of irritable bowel uh, syndrome, right? And that's resulting in tendonitis. So address the root cause because it might be somewhere that you don't expect. And sometimes you have to go through the medical system to really get that diagnosed. This could just be a symptom of a root cause that's somewhere entirely different, right? So you can run all the BPC-157 in the world, but if you don't address the root cause, then you're just masking the pain. Uh, let's see. Second keto question, then I'll kick back uh, for the day. At what point can you introduce refeed days and fruit post-workout? Do you need to run or do you need to do 20 to 50 grams carbs per day for two to four weeks or just started keto if you just started keto i would do keto until you're fat adapted that could take about two weeks four weeks and then you can start introducing fruit post workout you know you can tell by uh ketone monitoring devices which i also linked <laughs> down below uh, you can buy those on amazon uh they're pretty cheap they're like 30 bucks 40 bucks or something and you have breathalyzers and and uh, ketone uh, strips and then once you're in a good state of ketosis and your mental clarity is there and, and you notice that your workout pumps uh, start to go away, then you have a little bit of fruit pulse workout. It could be 20 grams of carbs, 50 grams of carbs, 70 grams of carbs, that's what I do. I have uh, you know, a good portion of water, watermelon and a good portion of uh, pineapple and it's about 50 to 70 carbs, uh, depending on how big the portions are. And sometimes I throw in a little bit of blueberries for good measure. And, and uh, I'm right back into ketosis about two hours later. You know, so it depends, but I've been doing ketogenic diet for a very, very, very long time. Uh, can we get a sand, uh, sad ending scrubbing? Yeah. Yeah. That's when the bill comes and it's super high and, uh, but you didn't get a good feeling uh, out of it. That it happens also. Hey, it's 2,500 baht. And then you went to a real spa. <laughs> you didn't get a happy ending. And the sad ending is that the service fee is so high that you have a heart attack. Or they scrubbed you so hard that you now look like, uh, you know, the alien uh, came into your room and took all your skin away. I <laughs> uh, saw so your latest video with Diane Clark for long ester bulking cycles. How long do you think is reasonable to run if your blood work looks good? One year. Uh, yeah, but of course, you know, there comes a, a point of diminishing returns where your blood work does take a turn for the worse. So let's say um, for easy uh, rule of measure, let's say that's a thousand milligrams of steroids per week. Um, you know, let's say you run a thousand milligrams per week and your blood work is good and your, your ultrasounds and your organs are all good. 
uh, you can run it for two years, three years straight. I've talked to guys that did that, you know, and their blood work is pretty good. And then they, they go to 2000 milligrams or they add in a couple other ancillaries and whatnot and want to do a contest and then they're fucked and they need to come off for four months to kind of clean out and, and recover their health. So if you do it right, if you want to go on a long ester cycle and you want to bulk and you want to do it for your, a year in uh, sustaining, uh, assuming you sustain your insulin sensitivity and you can continuously bulk with the occasional uh, diet uh, break, like mini diet to restore your insulin sensitivity, maybe do a fast, you know, to remove some visceral fat. Um, I think you can do it for a year or two. Yeah. All right, but it's entirely up to you how well you manage your blood work. And if you consider 500 milligrams a reasonably high dose, then, then it might be even longer. You know, but as you get older and as you get heavier, other uh, other health complications start to uh, come by. Let's see. Uh, Brendan Kelly. Hey, Coach Steve, excellently bought 20 milliliter ampules of cerebral lysine. Yeah. And I want to inject five milliliters per time. Can I store the rest of the, the rest in a sterile vial from your Amazon link code? Yes, but I think I only linked 10 milliliter vials. Um, and that makes me think if that's even uh, allowed on the YouTube policies. Well, it's not, it's for safer practices, YouTube. Give us, give us a fucking break. All right, so get the sterile vials that are 20 milliliters, transfer the ampules, or you get two 10 milliliter uh, sterile vials, obviously. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Uh, yeah, then you transfer the two 10 milliliter sterile vials, or, or you get three or five milliliters, because one you're going to inject right away, obviously, and then you need uh, three transfers as well. So yeah, that's how we do it. I mean, they. I think cerebralizing contains a little bit of benzoyl alcohol as uh, sterility, uh, you know, to keep it sterile. So, and the sterile valves obviously are sterilized, so you can just easily transfer it. And if you don't, you know, if you vacuum seal them again, you draw all the air out or the, the majority of it, then I think it will stay good for the next four to five days. All right. Uh, TJB. Steve, I've been blasting and cruising on testosterone anthate for years. I have lots of testosterone cypionate on hand. How do I make the switch smoothly uh, or just find more test E? Uh, just one day to the next because the ester half-life is pretty much the same. So uh, close your eyes and uh, continue with the same injection frequency and everything will be okay, man. Everything will be okay. Yeah. Octavian, 200 people online. Yeah, almost uh, 200K subs is almost here. Well, not sure about that, but we're, we are getting some subs again. I think we're getting now 3,400 subs a month. Yeah, doing the same old steroid content. But hey, if that's what you guys want to see, then that's exactly what you're going to get. Any uses for nicotine in bodybuilding? AI, pre uh, post-workout. Uh, I mean, as an appetite suppressant and a nootropic while you're dieting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, people raise about nicotine being such an amazing nootropic, but I mean, I, I ran a couple patches a while ago just to experiment with it when I was going through the Entrepreneur Deep Dive video series to see if I wanted to highlight nicotine. But, you know, there are much better nootropics out there. <laughs> much better, much better. And the addictive effects are, uh, you know, very pronounced. So, and, and it's fucking expensive nicotine gum. So uh, I think it's a poor nootropic. I think it's a poor uh, 
pre-workout or post-workout, I think it's a poor performance-enhancing drug. I think it's a poor aromatized inhibitor, even though there's some scientific evidence that nicotine, uh, cotinine, and anabasine um, have aromatized inhibiting uh, effects. And uh, I think it's a poor appetite suppressant. So um, if you want to get some nicotine in, smoke a fucking cigar like a real man and, uh, and, and look for alternatives, you know? But if somehow uh, you like the act of smoking and you don't care about lung cancer and, and annoying everybody around you with the, the terrible smoke, then go ahead. Yeah. When you will release the email list about the topics. Uh, so I looked into that, but it's, it, it takes a little bit longer because I have to review all the uh, email providers. So give me another week and then it should be online on the YouTube channel or on my website, vigorousteef.com, where you can sign up for the email list. Yeah. And anyway, it will just be, uh, you know, direct marketing and letting you guys know when new videos drop because nobody gets notified of when my videos drop. So I will notify you by email then instead. I get you in the algorithm the first hour. Tate Sherman, does clematural affect EKG readings? Yes, of course. If so, what markers can be affected? Well, your heart rate is going to be elevated. <laughs> of course, it's of course your heart rate is going to be elevated, right? And uh, but uh, regarding the pulses and that kind of stuff, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, 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 I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I never researched that uh, besides that, you know, how, how that would be represented it on your electrocardiogram. But heart rate will be definitely be elevated. Yeah. Just like with beta blockers, your heart rate will be lowered. <clears throat> Dirty deeds. Steve, 12% body fat on TRT, 100 milligrams cpnate uh, per week, 50 milligrams nandrolone per week to a growth hormone with your big load protocol. Hell yes. Uh, but nandrolone is not good for big loads. And we, we discussed this in the, the, the load stack video, right? Summer cut blasted 200 cypionate, 150 primo, 60 nandrolone, 20 anavar per day. And this is, uh, this gets estradiol low. Would adding in 40 milligrams trend for an extra kick be worth it? Um, well, adding in more trend will not get your estradiol level up, but if you're, if if your estradiol is low on this stack and that's what you're after in the context of fat loss, then proceed. And since you're on, let's see, 350, 410, uh, 600 milligrams. No, that's not true. <laughs> Let me calculate again. Let me whip out the calculator. Jesus Christ. It's late and I've done too many hours on camera. 200 plus 150 plus 60 plus 140, at least that I can calculate off my head, 550, 40 milligrams a trend, make it 50 for 600 milligrams a week, right? Make, make it, nobody, nobody gets out of bed for 50, for 40 milligrams a trend and that's 590 milligrams per week. Um, you know, and even 600 milligrams, it doesn't sound right. So a uh, 50 milligrams a trend first, and then six weeks into it, uh, 150 milligrams a trend, please. Maybe you have to remove their nandrolone, though might be hyperlactin levels, but it's entirely up to you, right? Do your blood work. And then uh, get that cut going, man. But the blood protocol will not work if you start combining nandrolone with uh, trembolone. <laughs> I'll tell you that. You'll come hard, but nothing will come out. Yeah, it will be like two drops. It's like your penis is crying. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Jay Hodge, my Saturday night TV. Yeah, 
Yeah, we uh, we usually derail the vigorous Q and A. You know, it's funny. Apparently, people in the missile factory are watching this vigorous Q and A as well, and then they come up to me in the gym and they're like, "Dude, I can't believe you said this." I said, "Well, you get, it has to be entertaining, otherwise, uh, otherwise people clock out." So, uh, if in the chat, if it's entertaining for you guys, <laughs> like it's entertaining for me, Ahmed El uh, Mirage, is there a question now? Oh, there you go. Hey champ, is it possible to take GHRP6 and GH? Uh, yes, but you might have additional water retention because, of course, uh, GHRP6 increases appetite. And by increasing your appetite through the ghrelin receptor, you're going to eat more. And if you eat more and you take growth hormone with your GHRP6 increasing growth hormone secretion, then uh, the water retention might be more significant than you expect. So I would do GHRP6 uh, first, see how much water retention you get from that. Then do two IUs growth hormone because you'll probably not get more than two IUs of growth hormone out of your GHRP6, even if you take 300 micrograms three times per day with uh, ipomorelin in combination. Um, so if you do the max health of growth hormone secretagogues, which I made a video about, let me link it, which surprisingly did not get so much views. I was disappointed. How many views is it? Seven, seven, oh, okay, now it's not going to, I mean, when it debuted, it had like nine out of 10. So I had to change the thumbnail. Anyway, I'll link it down below. Watch that growth hormone secretagogue video. Run that for a month, then switch to growth hormone, two IUs before bed or before fasted cardio or before whatever um, you feel is appropriate. And then compare, see where you get, get most results. And then if you want to do a five days on growth hormone and two days on GHRP6 in the weekend when you eat more foods, go ahead. Go ahead, but you'll probably get better results with GH. And and combining them might yield um, water retention to the point you don't feel so comfortable. Uh, Marcus Rule podcast about nicotine. Man, I love Marcus Rule, but that guy looks like he's oxidized to hell. You know, it's funny, like if you see some of his videos, he's like, 32 or something, 33. Man, he does not look good when he's that big. <laughs> he was a freak, though, but his skin looks terrible. Uh, let's see. What the hell is that? I think I think Dr. Dean St. Mark just sent me something about this. Yes, all the cool guys talk behind the scene. Yeah, so Dr. Dean said Martin's been running 200 micrograms S-O-U-P-P, PP gains, 332, and he sent me some studies to review, but that was literally, well, about an hour before we got started. So I have not tried this yet, and I have not done research uh, on that yet, um, and if there's any clear fertility data on it, then I might run it, but until my wife is pregnant um, and past the third trimester, there will be no more experience, uh, experiments besides bioidentical hormones, right? I have a goal, and that goal has to be re uh, met before I start experimenting again. And um, once that goal has been met and I know that I'm going to be a daddy, I'm probably not going to do any crazy experiments anymore because I don't want to be the daddy that ends up dying and not uh, see the, you know, the childhood through, right? For stupid aspirations and, and entertainment for you guys. Um, I'm getting too old for that shit. So I'll do some research 
Uh, if it warrants an experiment in the near future, I might do it. Uh, but uh, I have no idea what this compound is, right? But I think Dr. Dean said Mart was raving about it. So maybe uh, send him some money to uh, tell you what to do. And uh, yeah, and then take it from there. Uh, indomitable super hottie. Okay. Uh, for sister's birthday, where do I take her to eat? Uh, I don't know if your sister is hot, send me some pictures and I'll, um, I can't say that, right? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll make sure that she's well taken care of. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You can stay at home. Um, yeah. But if your sister is hot, then send me some pictures. I, I know plenty of single guys who can take her out and, uh, yeah. Or eat her. No, <laughs> derailed. Sorry. Uh, a good place to go eat. Uh, my favorite places to go eat is either uh, Marriott Marquis, very good buffet, very nice. Uh, it's got you know food selection out of your asshole. Um, it's well worth the price to get a Marriott card so you can get yourself a discount. And then, of course, the Marriott card will also get you a discount in a hotel room. So, uh, yeah, Marriott Marquis is nice. Uh, if you want to get nice steak, I would go to uh, El Gaucho or New York Steakhouse that's in Marriott's, uh, another Marriott. I think it's the one in Soy too. Um, where to take her to eat? Labua State Tower. It's uh, the, the rooftop bar with the, the, the dome. It was what, what movie was that? I don't know. When, when, I don't even know what movie it is. It's been in a couple of movies. Uh, that's a very nice place, but it's more of a romantic place. Uh, so again, you might want to hook your sister up with a date instead of taking her there. Um, but you know, maybe you could, maybe she can meet a date there. I mean, it's usually where the high rollers end up. Uh, they have like those, uh, $50, $60 champagne cocktails. Those are very, very nice. Yeah. It's a great place to eat though. I ate there a couple times, a very romantic setting, very nice setting, very, uh, luxurious setting. So that would be a cool place to eat and it's not too hot yet. Uh, so at, le at least you can watch the sunset and not sweat your balls off or your vagina off in that case. Um, and, and have a very uh, impressive, uh, you know, uh, Instagram moment there. Uh, but, dude, there's so many places to eat, dude. It, it depends on what you want or what she likes. Yeah, sorry for all the dad jokes. <laughs> Let's see. Have you looked at Not Can Ask Benefits? Thoughts? Uh, not in depth. So I, I don't really have much thoughts about it. What's your thoughts on Deca only? Um, I know it only works if you're cute and if you have a lot of hair, but if you don't have a lot of hair, this simply doesn't work. You guys are familiar with the Bible, right? And Samson. So I think Deca only cycles are only reserved for uh, Samson's. And um, yeah, and that's about it. So you need the long hair, man. You need to be able to push those pillars. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy. Yeah. Ty, and where are the fucking citations? Send it to me. People are asking. <laughs> Hurry up and send those citations. Yeah, send them by Instagram so I can post them right now. Let me open up the Instagram. No messages. I don't see any of your messages, Tyne. All right. Get busy. Uh, any benefits of adding a rimestane to a TRT or PCT? Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, you could lower the selective estrogen receptor modulators if you do a PCT with a rimestane, uh, but I would rather run Rimidex or Aromacin, uh, preferably Aromacin, because that has 
scientific evidence, uh, well-established scientific evidence behind it. And arimastain obviously is a dihydrobaldenone metabolite and was never FDA approved as an aromatized inhibitor, even though it is an aromatized inhibitor. And arimidex will um, prevent the conversion of uh, or metabolism of cholesterol, and thus serum cholesterol levels will go up. That's why aromastain is preferred. So your lipid parameters are a little bit better. And... Um, yeah, it's the same for TRT. So uh, throw the arimastain in the trash and just source aromacin, um, and then control your uh, your lipids. Super F. All right, give me my two dollars back. Give me my citations. <laughs> no, you can redact it. Oh, here we go again. Tie in. Titan finally got a credit card and now has to uh, do small $2 chats. <laughs> Don't forget, Titan, you can, sp you can buy those three donations that you did could have gotten you a whole ampule of Nandrolone. Uh, what a waste. Well, I'm sure your inbox was full after our uh, podcast, so no worries. <laughs> Yes, take her to eat sausage. There you go. Take your sister to eat sausage. I know just the place. All right, we're at the end. Holy hell. Yeah. Oh, do you believe Russo's uh, wee-wee shrunk from 8.2 to point? I don't, I don't know what Russo's on about, man. <laughs> I don't waste my time on that shit. <laughs> really. So whatever Russo's doing, whatever Russo thinks is best for him, that's what he's got to do. Um but uh, I've uh, he's on my uh, no-go zone. Uh, steakhouse in Bangkok, flat marble in Ari might have to reserve only seats for like eight people. Worth it though. Uh, flat marble, flat marble. Have I been here? I think I've been here. <laughs> yeah, I've been here. I remember this truffle. <laughs> but when? When did I go here? Yeah, it's a very small place. Anyway, it's a good recommendation. I totally forgot about that place. Steve got the taxoplasmosis from the kitties. Yeah, so I checked all my cats, uh, my, my inside cats, my outside cats. And um, me and my wife, and nobody has toxoplasmosis. So nice try, but no, uh, no, thank you. That jokes forever. Yes, this will now be known as the that joke Q and A. Dirty deeds, uh, 16 underlong for joints. I don't like over 150, 19 hours due to size. 60, 60 year end trend, 150, and didn't like it. Felt great under 100. Yeah, so in that case, uh, maybe maybe when you add in the trend, do like 50 Nandrolone, 50 trend, and then take it from there, you know? And then you, when in doubt, you can always add in more Primo. But of course, you have to check your serum estradiol levels because if you lower the Nandrolone a little bit and increase the Primo, then serum estradiol levels might be lower. And, and to combat that, you can add in HCG, but I feel that HCG doesn't really work when you're on Nandrolone or Trenbolone. Um, so, uh, you know... Yeah, and then there's always Dianabol, but then you have the methyl estradiol, and that's not really bioidentical. Um, so try to get as lean as you can on this cycle, and then add in the trend for good measure at the end, the last six to eight weeks. 
um, to really harden up and uh, get that beach uh, pussy pulling physique. So you can uh, take out the sister of uh, this uh, Im 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 indomitable super hottie and then, uh, you know, show her to eat the sausage. Yeah, hide, hide the zucchini. <laughs> oh my God. I got fucking derailed again. MK677 only cycle versus DECA only cycle. Uh, well, Octavian, I have to disagree. Uh, because DECA is steroids and steroids is still bay. And uh, But MK677 has its place, man. It has its place. And like every other drug, it has side effects. And there's 220 people in the chat. All right. We are going to pause until I see 220 likes. I hate to do this to you guys, but there's 122 likes now and there's 220 people watching. Get busy. Come on, make it so. 124. Let's go. All right, 138. Keep going. Keep it up. Keep it up. Like the damn video, like Thor said. Like it so hard that your your index finger is uh, breaking. Uh, but you only have to like it once. Don't unlike it. That's really not good for the algorithm. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, D Higgs, finish the cutting cycle and cholesterol is not looking good. Also, liver value is not looking good. What's the protocol to get you healthy? Patience. Yeah, patience. Just cruise on TRT and wait. All right, and Tutka will get your liver enzymes down. Uh, but of course, all the, the drugs you were taking during your cutting cycle have to metabolize first. Um, if your lipids are not looking good, fish oil, citrus bergamot, uh, that guy helps to a certain extent to promote the excretion of uh, cholesterol, but azetamibe is better at that. Um, you know, uh, but in most cases, you just need to uh, take all the cutting drugs out and then just do all the health practices you can do, right? So, and, and then usually things will sort themselves out in a month or two. And that's why we do cruises, right? To get healthy again. And then, then it's up to you to stay lean while you're taking all the drugs out and your dopaminergic signaling and the fat burners are all taken away and then it's up to you to control your diet and not get fat um and if you want to blast test for another six weeks you technically can while using all of the over-the-counter supplements and maybe abzetamibe to uh, get your cholesterol and liver values uh, under control again uh, but then you can also make some significant gains while your caloric intake goes up and then um, you restore your metabolic rate to where it was before your cutting cycle, but now you're significantly leaner. Right? You can still get healthy in that context, albeit that liver values will not come as low as you want to because you're still training balls to the wall and, and some of those amino transferases are coming from skeletal muscle. Right? So if your liver enzymes are elevated, it might be a false positive uh, coming from skeletal muscle because you train hard. It doesn't mean that your liver is melting. But if you did a cutting cycle with super draw, halotestin, and uh, all the good stuff, then yeah, some of those liver enzymes are probably coming from your liver. Yeah, or fast for a week. Take everything out fast for a week. All right, only eat vegetables. And you'll, your, your cholesterol and liver values will probably uh, improve uh, right away. But then you have to fast. Fasting is hard. Yeah, fasting is hard. I'll do it at the end of this month. What is the best thing for joints? Uh, I think it's Rizla uh, wrapping paper. And then, of course, if you roll a joint, um, all the pros would roll them inside out. So you put the, the sticky part in the inside, right? You, you keep it there. 
and then you fold it in and then you lick the inside, right? You, you close it and then you tear it off and then you only smoke half the rolling paper. Um, and, and then you get a better weed experience, right? That was the question, right? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. SW is starting weight. CW is current weight. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad, buddy. Okay, so you were fat as fuck before, but now you're down 100 pounds to 188 pounds. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I thought you were like trying to get down to 188. Okay, so you're trying to get down to 15%. But if you're 15% at 188 pounds, um, man, you don't have so much muscle, right? You probably lost a lot of size. All right, 200 tests. Go to 200 tests, four to six weeks, check your serum estradiol levels, uh, add in the growth hormone, and then when you're 12% body fat, <clears throat> add in the anivar, and that's about it. That's that's how I would look. Uh, 1.2 I use growth hormone before activity twice per day. All right, so that's 1.2 I use one hour uh, before fasted cardio, intramuscularly, so the onset is faster and the lipolysis starts faster. 1.2 I use intramuscularly one hour before the workout, do a ketogenic diet, uh, do walking in between meals, stay active, do a standing desk, uh, no clean, no hardcore fat burners, no nothing, right? This is your first rodeo, earn it. Um, just learn how to control your diet because the fat burners come into play when you're 10%, 8%. Because uh, if you start using them now to get down to 15%, then and then you want to continue, then you don't have nothing to play with, right? Then the last thing you can play with is DNP, and that's a terrible drug. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. If you're already down 100 pounds, right? Good on you. Good job. Good fucking work. And then basically all you need to do is just continue what you've been doing so far and you can get down to 15% even if you don't change your protocol. But of course, I think you are, you've sent your mind to increasing the dose. So 200 tests, work with that, do your blood work, add in the growth hormone, work with that, and then add in the anivar. And then uh, hopefully uh, you'll get down to 12%. And then you got to hold it there. Don't get fat again. Don't fucking rebound. Don't die so hard that you rebound out of it and then you, uh, you know, you get fat again because that's such a waste of time. Is there any benefits to switching, switching short esters after a blast? I noticed what Tan says uh, most of the gains in the force for weeks. Um, again, you know, I think the, uh, the Tan you know thinks that it's from the androgen receptor but i haven't seen those studies yet and it could be well be the case but from what i've noticed is that you know if you slowly build up your dosages um the progress is just continuous now switching to short esters you technically get more milligrams but you know the scientific evidence that tyne clark founds is that longer esters gives you uh better anabolism in the long run so if you already finish the blast and you go to short esters uh then you're basically defeating the purpose of making more progress unless you increase the dose. And then is it increasing the dose that is getting you more progress or switching to shorter esters? And right? it's, I don't know, I, most people, like Ty, what Ty does is he puts people, he goes from, you know, zero to 600 milligrams or zero to a thousand, right? Ty, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but what I would do is, or what I recommend is you go from, you know, zero to 150 and then 250 and then 375 and then 500 and then maybe 750 and a thousand and then 1500, right? So I, I build it up slowly. Again, that's step-by-step, step-by-step, uh, uh, step 
cycle design video will be dropping soon. It will all make sense. And I think there's more ways to get it done. I just personally, I never liked that up and down. I like a continuous progress upwards and then slowly downwards while, you know, you still have some lingering effects because you use longer esters and your metabolism is really ramping. You were super strong. And then slowly but steadily, everything will slowly falls apart. But like what Tyndor does is really reasonably shorter cycles, maybe six to eight weeks. And then, of course, you make phenomenal progress. But then, you know, the water retention and the deflation and the strength might not stay sustained. So you're a bit of a roller coaster. And that's not what I personally would enjoy. But some people swear by it and they get great results. So it's worthy of an experiment. And then whatever works for you, um, that's what you have to stick with. Uh, Chanel. Hey, Steve. Most sa safest, most potent add-on to run with testosterone, 200 uh, milligrams TRT and 4 IUs growth hormone. Uh, I would drop the growth hormone to 2 IUs because I don't think you'll get extra synergy or benefits from 4 IUs growth hormone with that much testosterone. Um, and then I would run... Um, I know, what's the goals? Most potent to add. Add on to run with test. Uh, 50 milligrams of trend and, and 200 milligrams DNP. Well, it's not safe. <laughs> okay, so you want the safest and the most potent. Uh, 20 milligrams Anivar per day. Watch for the video drops on Monday. I think if you add in 140 milligrams Anivar, based on all the scientific evidence that I read, which I'll show you on Monday, uh, I, th I think that's the safest. Yeah. So you you take two AUs growth hormone out, and hopefully for the same expense, you can get 20 milligrams Anivar per day in exchange for two AUs growth hormone. You break even, but your results are better, and I, your blood work parameters will obviously change because you're adding in more steroids. Um, yeah. I mean, I could say insulin, but of course, uh, you know, that requires a lot of micromanagement. And again, insulin is good if you're already come from a place where you increased muscle mass, um, you're coming from an actual cycle, and then you add the insulin in on a TRT dose to kind of, uh, you know, sustain the muscle mass and fullness and the nutrient partitioning. But if you've never gone over TRT, then it doesn't really make sense. So Anivar, that's what I would look into. Yeah. I just want to troll uh, Paul a little bit. I'm going to go over to Paul Barnett's uh, video. He's live also, right? Yeah. Nine people in the chat. All right. Which channel will be taken down first? Me, Chase, Paul, or Todd? <laughs> All right. We'll check that back later. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask this question. <laughs> Back in one hour for the answer. <laughs> All right. That's enough trolling. Uh, Jordan Hurley, I have uh, irritable bowel syndrome in uh, process of elimination diet. Thanks, uncle. Okay, that's good. What was your previous question? <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, man, I can't even find it. Last week was like an insane flood of super chats. It was fucking crazy. And I can't find it. But if you're doing an elimination diet, that's absolutely fantastic. Stick through it. I have a video on this. Let me link it down below. 
episode was it? Uh, was it oral cycles ruined your gut? Oral oral steroids ruined your gut? Yeah, that's the one. Right, look at that hairline. All right, give that video a watch. Uh, 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 uh. All right, Christopher Harper, 5'10", 300 pounds and muscular, but trying to lose. Lose what? Lose muscle or fat? In conjunction with semaglutide. Okay, it's probably fat. What else could help? Uh, ketogenic diets, cardio, uh, obviously a little bit of testosterone uh, so uh, you know you can continue to diet hcg might help uh growth hormone might help and and i think that's about it because if you're 300 pounds at 510 uh, unless you're like super muscular then uh let's say you're 25 percent body fat but it's probably higher then fat loss is easy <laughs> fat loss is very easy all you have to do is control your food intake and semaglutide helps with that um you know and the testosterone will help your um, metabolism and muscularity. I mean, they're looking into semaglutide and, and you know, uh, myostatin inhibitors right now because some people lose, uh, you know, uh, muscle tissue while running semaglutide at higher doses for longer periods of time. But you can also use testosterone, which is uh, more easily accessible and significantly cheaper compared to, to the myostatin or active in inhibitors. So uh, that's all I would look into until your body fat levels are low enough so you can warrant adding other stuff in because other stuff will add water retention or increase your heart rate or increase the side effect profile for other stuff. So that means that um, you need to have a firm grasp of what is going on. Your body fat levels need to be low. You need to be fit. You need to do blood work a couple of times. And then once uh, all of that is under control and you have fully adopt the lifestyle, then you can look into other stuff, right? Take it slow because it's, it's going to be a while before you're really lean. It might take two years. And uh, so why, why, why be in a rush? Right? Because if you're in a rush, you're going to get that loose uh, skin and, that, and you have to remove that with surgery. So I'd rather do it slow, allowing your skin to retract. Uh, let's see, Tobias Larson, how would I work on a fertility protocol while still on testosterone or is it a waste of time and just hop off completely? If so, what would you dose the HCG? So I finally got somebody who sent me their fertility protocol while running TRT. I didn't reply to it yet, but I saw it with some French guy. Uh, oh, somebody wants to invite me on a podcast. All right, well, I'll look into that later. So this guy ran, uh, he was on test only, then he added an HCG, uh, 1,500 IOs per week. So that's 500 IOs three times per week. Let's call this a name, uh, well, he's a, he's a French guy. And then he added in uh, 75 IELTS three times, uh, 75 IELTS FSH three times per week as well. So that's uh, every other day FSH and every other day HCG basically. His semen analysis was uh, volume is 2.5 milliliters, pH 7.5, so that's basically normal. Concentration 140 million per milliliter, 140 million sperm per milliliter, so that's a total volume of. 340 so that's very close to mine uh progressive mortality 62 percent uh and uh, total mortality is 72 percent but it, no specificity of the oh no, no let's see 
Ah, so it was normal morphology, 4%. Right, so total, um, man, my God. Progressive motility, 62%. The total motile is 72%, so that includes the progressive and non-progressive. And then uh, vitality, 75%, but his morphology was only 4%. Right, so my morphology was significantly higher because I came off. So even though his progressive mortality is 62%, which is very, very good, that I haven't seen it yet besides my blood work results on somebody on TRT, his, um, let's see, morphology is 4%, which should be enough to get somebody pregnant, again, depending on the age of the partner. But from all the blood work that I've seen so far, guys on TRT, they don't have very good progressive uh, motility and very good morphology. So this guy had good progressive motility, but not good morphology. And I would recommend this guy to come off TRT. Um, I would go on, you know, whatever you're doing now, 250 IOS HCG, add that in because it might take three to six months before testicular function is really back on again. You can run TRT uh, at the same time. And then uh, when you're ready to conceive and your fertility parameters are somewhat good, then you come off the TRT and then it might take another six months before fertility parameters are stellar. Um, so give yourself some time. Right, but then again, some guys get their wives pregnant on tests and HCG. It, it it's not only dependent on you. It depends on your girlfriend or wife's ovaries, and it depends on her age, and it depends on what health supplements she does and how physically active she is and what her diet is. But it takes two to tango in this case, so you can do everything right, and maybe your fertility parameters are stellar. But if she's old, then it's gonna <laughs> then it's gonna take some time. And when I say old, it's relatively old, right? I mean reproductive uh, function just goes down as the uh, woman ages so yeah but if your girlfriend is like 21 years old and she's ready to conceive then then you can stay on trt and, and add in a thousand ios hcg every other day and you'll probably get her pregnant within the first try you know so because your chances are significantly higher but when you're 40 i would recommend you to just to come off so you can have the highest fertility parameters possible uh, because your girlfriend or wife's fertility parameters are just significantly diminished and there's um you know besides folic acid and ubiquinol and a couple other health supplements there's no real tangible ways to really increase that you know and then it's up to chance yeah it's like gambling yeah today's ovulation all right you blow your loads and then you wait a couple days gambling fortunately you lose most of the time <laughs> Uh, uh, D Higgs planning on a cruise of 250 testosterone intake, 125 milligrams primo, two to three. I use a growth hormone every day. What do you think? Uh, never tried growth hormone before. I wanted to see what it's like to help me lean after a long cutting cycle to help keep me lean after a long cutting cycle. Uh, I would lower your testosterone dose a little bit. I mean, it's it's an okay cruise. You know, you might get too high of an estradiol on this, but if you're already lean, this might be the exact ratio that you need, right? A two to one ratio of testosterone to primo. I'm not against this, uh, but I don't know how big you are. I don't know how strong you are. I don't know what your caloric intake is. Uh, and if you really want to cruise, then I would say 150 tests, 125 primo and uh, and do it with that. And right? it's, it's, it's good to um, feel a little bit lower than on the previous cycle, you know, because then you get to appreciate your next cycle. Right, so you take 125 milligrams testosterone off or 100 testosterone off and uh, off the top and then work with that. But I'm not against this at all, you know. I'm not against this at all. But it's 375 milligrams per week, so uh, lipids will not be perfect. 
Brian Gill, 5'7", bulked up to 205 kilograms. <laughs> that's probably pounds. Uh, from a long cut, it got strong but fat. Uh-oh, that's the wrong kind of bulk. Only 200 milligrams of TRT. What would, uh, what would do to... 200 milligrams of TRT, what does he need to do to recomp down to 175 pounds and keep adding strength? I was thinking low-dose train. Jesus Christ, what do, you, what do you guys all want train? How about you just add more tests? The fuck? But worried about estrogen. A, a trimbalone doesn't increase estrogen. <laughs> it has no effect on estrogen. Nandrolone has, mint has, deanabol has, and, and uh, has a positive effect on estrogen to the point that it goes up. And then mastrone, primbolin, and uh, boldenone and dihydrobaldenone have a suppressing effect on estradiol, same as provirin. Uh, and maybe Winstrol, maybe Anavar, but I can't really say that that plays out. Um, so how about you increase the test to 350 milligrams and then make gains with that? You don't need train. You don't need anything else. You don't need fat burners. If you already know how to get lean, then all you need is a little bit more anabolic incentive to compensate for lack of calories that you're going to have while trying to get down. And you're 175 pounds. You don't need train. Bro, you don't need fucking train. And and it's in primo. You know, it's you can cut on anything. You know, that that's what the, 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 the best cutting cycle will explain to you guys. You can literally cut on anything. So if you want to run train to make it easy, go for it, go ahead. <laughs> really? I don't care. I really don't care. You know, you can do what you want. Uh, personally, if I were in your position, I would keep the TRT dose the same and lower my calories. And once strength goes down, I will increase the TRT to 300 milligrams, no longer call it TRT, but just call it a moderate cycle or 350. And then strength will go up. I will recomp. Um, you know, our body weight might stay the same. We'll get stronger for the same caloric intake. At one point, it will stall. Then fat loss will continue a little bit faster. And then, um, you know, depending on how fat loss stalls, I might lower the calories or add in uh, more testosterone. But, you know, uh, and, and then later on when you get stuck, you add in the fat burners. It's, it's really not rocket science. But, you know, if you want to gain strength faster, then fuck, man, trend and draw, super draw, fuck it, use it all. Use it all. Roach, your thoughts on so-called heavy aromatizers with 400 to 600 nanograms natty testosterone and barely 50 picograms estradiol. Um, yeah, that could be the case. I mean, maybe maybe you aromatize a lot. Maybe you have a lot of phytoestrogens in your body, which speeds up aromatization. Maybe uh, you have aromatized enzyme overexpression. You can look at the D-Cairo inositol, um, 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams per week to, to uh, reduce aromatized enzyme activity in adipose tissue. It's an aromatized enzyme down regulator. It's called D-Cairo inositol. D-Cairo inositol. I talk about this every week. Mm, aromatase. I'm going to link this study. Is it the one? I think it's this one, but I'll link it at the end after the, we're done with this uh, video. I'll look at some more studies. Uh, 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams per week. It's pretty expensive. 
uh, but it might be enough to kind of tip the balance to reduce aromatase enzyme activity and uh, keep preserve more of your natty testosterone levels. And then besides that, uh, there's a boatload of um, natural aromatase inhibitors. I'll include the stereogenesis inhibitor video. Uh, where is it? Genesis. The real reason why you feel shitty. They use the timestamps to skip to the aromatase enzyme part. Uh, that starts at 22 minutes and 12 seconds. You know what I can do? I can do share and then use the timestamp starts at 25. Wow. Magic. Hey, go straight to the fucking timestamps. It's the bottom video that I just linked. Um, watch that video. You'll see that there's a lot of aromatase enzyme uh, uh, inhib inhibitors out there. Uh, I didn't include decaro inositol because at the time of making this video, I wasn't uh, informed of decaro inositol. So I might have to redo this one again. <laughs> uh, getting your body fat levels down will make a significant difference. Yeah, removing all the phytoestrogens will also make a significant difference. Right? It could be soy, it could be envir environmental pollutants, could be androgen disruptors. I mean, there's a boatload of them, but uh, there's a lot of things you can look into. And then maybe you'll, you're able to increase your total testosterone levels and reduce your serum estradiol levels and the negative effects that it has on your hypothalamic pituitary test is actually functioning by reducing luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone and thus increase testosterone uh, production in the testicles even further um, with over-the-counter supplements. Yeah, good stuff. But you need to do more research. Christopher, what would be a foolproof protocol for a first-timer doing insulin with 2 use growth hormone? Uh, buying the insulin ebook. Yeah, that's your best foolproof protocol. I'll link it down below. And again, the previous guy that I told this to, um, I told him, you know, buy the ebook, but he already did like a $5 or $10 super chat. So I told him to directly uh, or contact me on Instagram and send the remainder of his super chat to me by PayPal, which he did. So he got um, the insulin ebook and didn't have to pay extra for the super chat. So this is your, uh, not warning, but <laughs> this is my offer to you. Let me see, how much is uh, 35 czar? Czar to US dollar. South African rent. All right, that's $1.85. Okay, so you transfer me an, an $98, and I'll transfer you the insulin ebook. It will explain everything. It's not something I can explain <laughs> on a figures Q&A. <laughs> um, but I would look into long-acting insulin first. Five I use upon waking, and then you take it from there. Uh, SHBG has been super low ever since I started testosterone. Is that normal? Three to ten animals per liter, no matter what. Um, yeah, that's pretty low. Okay, so uh, the short way to increase uh, sexual bonding globulin levels is uh, thyroid hormones, T4 and T3, selective estrogen receptor modulators, Novodex, Clomid and Clomiphene, and Turkesterone and Ectisterone to a certain extent. Uh, and that's about it. So, um, of course, SHBG can come up and down for a multitude of different causes, right? Uh, androgens will lower it, growth hormone will lower it, insulin will lower it, IGF-1 will lower it, all the good anabolic hormones will lower your SHBG. 
Um, and it could be that you're in a state where you're over secreting insulin, which reduces your SHBG alongside the reduction that you get from the testosterone. So watch the SHBG video to get some more ideas. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, save. Where's my SHBG video? Show all. That's weird. I only get five results. Crashed. Ah, oh no, that's not the one. Well, I can't find it in my own library of a thousand videos. <laughs> uh, hormone binding. Ah, there it is. All right. Man, also an old video. I should redo this one. But there's so many other cool videos to make. All right, I'll link it down below. So, yeah, you have to find the root cause because there's a multitude of different causes for a low SHBG besides the testosterone. And it could be compounding um, with the testosterone you're taking right now. You might want to go to daily micro or not daily micro administration, one administration per week. So you get a little bit more aromatization, which the estrogen can raise SHBG levels to a certain extent. Uh, thyroid hormones can do that, T3, but you have to look into the total picture. And otherwise, uh, add in HCG. And yeah, that can also raise SHBG to a certain extent. So multitude of different options. See what's going on. Ah, uh, should I run? Okay, so you're the one with bursitis, right? Should I run the peptides to fix the joint issues or should I wait until to see the results from the elimination diet? So you can do the elimination diet and at least run BBC 157 and TB 500 to reduce the inflammation and then uh, maybe use the CJC. Of course, I mean, if you want to get back under the bar and, and fix joint issues, then you could do basically all at the same time. But it's very important that you address the root cause. And I'm not entirely sure if the inflammatory conditions in your case is from, um, you know, something that you're eating. could be something else, right? It could be something hereditary. But whatever you can do to diagnose it and then use these peptides when you find the solution so you can, or you find the root cause so you can remove the root cause to your best of your abilities, then these peptides can actually heal you. But it, if you follow an elimination diet and the chronic inflammation doesn't go away, then it's obviously coming from somewhere else. And you could run these peptides, but it doesn't really fix it. It just masks it. Um, right, so do as much as you can. That's what I would do. Do everything you can to fix it as fast as possible because it sucks when you're in pain and it sucks if you can't lift. Terp. Oh, terp. Terp is a tent, right? Terp. Actually, it's a city in the province of Friesland. All right. Why, the, why, is that, why is that my first result? Uh, I was watching a past live stream, and I'd like to say it was one of the one of those that DM'd you with a TMAO of 36 and a range of 6. Oh, really? I probably deleted the DM. Did I reply to that one? Um I don't know. I can't remember. I get so many DMs and most of them I just scan through because it's overwhelming. 
So, yeah. Okay, well, if you have a TMAO of 6, then I would look into doxycycline to uh, get that fixed, kill the bacteria that are causing the TMA, uh, which converts into TMAO in your liver. Right? You can kill that with a cycle of doxycycline, 100, micro, 100 milligrams in the morning, 100 milligrams in the evening for two weeks. It will kill all of your bacteria, unfortunately, so you need to repopulate your gut microbiome. Um, but then at least the bacteria that cause TMAO are gone, and then you don't have to worry about further cardiovascular disease risk. Uh, I'm not sure. Will BBC 157 help with frozen shoulder adhesive capsulitis? Uh, I'm not sure. I couldn't find anything in the scientific evidence that I reviewed in a BBC 157 video that it specifically helped with this, but it could. I mean, it's one of the most studied, well, uh, the best documented in animal studies, uh, healing peptides that is out there. So um, I'm not entirely sure if this needs surgery or imaging or whatever, but it's always worth a shot, literally. Right? It's probably cheaper than surgery, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure what this condition is. And of course, you can't ask a medical profession because they don't follow up on BBC 157. So I'm not sure, but it's worth investigating. Ah, yeah, so hello, uh, crew. Hello, Steve. Any new fasting plans ahead? Thank you. You're the man. So I'll do a fast at the end of this month, I think uh, February uh, 26 to uh, March the 1st. I think that time, I'm not going to do before and after blood work because I've done that so many times and I know exactly what's going to happen. So I'm just going to uh, continue as a plant. Notice that usually towards the end of a training block, I'm going to, it's time to do a fast, get a little bit of acid reflux. I had that last week when I was filming videos that constantly have to drink water because I know I got a little bit of acid reflux. So I feel that occasionally, so that means that the deload is coming. My training block is finishing in about three weeks. So I'm trying to make as much gains as I can, and then I'll do a deload and uh, just eat veggies for a week. Yeah, lose some fat, and then hopefully look good again in pictures. Fingers crossed. But that's uh, that's the plan. And uh, thanks for your 20 pounds. <laughs> much appreciated, Daniel. See you, Wicks. How can I get from 20% to 10% body fat in five weeks or fast as possible? Uh, laying out the hefty cycles, 95 kilos at 10% but lost uh, myself recently looking for a fast cut. Um, you can basically run any steroid high enough to compensate for that much T3, even though I think that 25 micrograms, not milligrams, 25 micrograms T3, 12.5 micrograms in the morning, 12.5 micrograms in the afternoon is more than enough to stimulate your metabolism. And then you do a ketogenic diet without refeeds and you walk a lot and you can run a gram a test or you can run 300 tests and 600 train. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Even though 600 milligrams of train obviously is going to um, prevent more catabolism because it's very good at preventing catabolism. But I think trend can already do that at 225 milligrams a week, 75 milligrams three times. And then the rest is test. That 600 milligrams of train will give you a lot of side effects, but I don't think 600 milligrams of train in a severe caloric deficit will give you better results compared to 225 milligrams of train, but the side effects will be three times worse. Um, so if I was that in a hurry, I would do uh, 30,000 steps per day or at least 20,000 steps per day. Um, standing desk, ketogenic diet, only refeeds when strength really goes down. So no weekly refeeds, just refeeds when training capacity is absolutely zero. You train in the morning when your energy levels are high. And if your workout is absolute shit, okay, then you start loading afterwards, right? Um, 
And, and if you really want to lose fat fast, look into erythrocytes and glucagon injections and growth hormone, which are highly lipolytic. And if you're in a ketogenic diet, you can keep your fat intake pretty low, maybe 100 grams of fats per day. And the rest of the fats are coming from, uh, or 95 grams of fat per day, uh, because that was your body weight at 10% last time. So 95 grams, 95 grams of fat per day and, and, and a boatload of lipolytic agents, and then uh, get it done. But yeah, five weeks, you will probably rebound and, and get just as fat as you are now because it's just such a steep and deficit in such a short period of time, you know? So get ready to suffer. Hey, Steve, how's it going? I'm going okay. <laughs> Currently chilling in Curacao. I have a question that might sound stupid, but does growth hormone need to be refrigerated? I keep my gear in room temperature. Uh, yes. Yes, I think that's common knowledge. Um, especially after reconstitution, you should keep your growth hormone in the fridge. Now, in the package uh, of some of the pre-constituted growth hormones, the pharmaceutical ones, it says you can keep it outside of the fridge. But if you're in Curacao, where it's hot as balls, um, I, I would just keep it in the fridge. I would keep unconstituted, lifeized growth hormone, whether that's Chinese generics or uh, serostim, right? That's unconstituted. Um, just keep it in the fridge so the temperature is stable so you don't have to worry about temperature fluctuations uh, denaturing your uh, precious growth hormone. So the answer to your question is yes. Terp, <laughs> uh, I was watching a past live stream and I'd like to say it was one of those. Okay, so you DM'd the TMEO. Yes, uh, I got your message. So I can't remember, but I already discussed that uh, you need to run doxycycline. How is Steve aging backwards? Um, well, I, I stopped training so hard and I came off the steroids. It helps. <laughs> and I'm on a boatload of NAD plus and glutathione, baby. Yeah, and I eat healthy. That helps a lot. I, I gained some size, though. You guys told me to eat more, more food, so I added in a meal, and I'm 96 kilos. Uh, this, this, this thing is getting tight. Oh, oh well. Gains are being made. Steve, my most recent estradiol's for 24 picograms per milliliter. Joints are feeling a little bit achy. Do you think I should feel better if estradiol is closer to the top of the reference range? Uh, well, achy joints can come from a multitude of different things. Could be that your joints are inflamed. Could be that you're secretly running windstrahl that we're, you're not talking about. Could be that you're in, on inflammatory carrier oils. Could be that you have celiac disease. Could, you, could be that you have rheumatoid arthritis, right? I mean... Try to look for the source. I don't think that an estradiol of this will give you achy joints, but it could, right? So look at all the possible causes of having achy joints. And if you um, go through all the things and you are 100% convinced that it's estradiol, feel free to double it to 50 picograms per milliliter and see if that resolves it, you know? See if that resolves it. Maybe you need a deload. Maybe it is overtrained. Maybe that's why your joints feel achy. I have those periods too, and coming end of the end of a deal or end of a training block, end of hitting PRs and you know rep PRs like twelve reps on the leg press or or a hack squat or whatever, and it's slow and controlled and and you know all that stuff, and it's a lot of time under tension. Yeah, my knees hurt too, and I take a week off, and it's right back to normal. You know, so all right, find the root cause and then address it accordingly. It's not always about your estradiol, guys. Uh, flip it, uh, <laughs> flip it. 
Uh, just wanted to give you the best. Thank you. Swapped carrier oils and heart, sleep, edema, post-injection pain, appetite, blood pressure, and tons more. So much better. Gone from hating pinning to being excited about it. Well, um, that's great news. <laughs> so here we have another success story of men, uh, guys who are actually cool enough to watch the entire uh, carrier oil deep dive video, which unfortunately didn't do so well, but it is what it is. Right? It's a long video. Um, and I'm happy to hear that it solved most of your issues. And now pinning is uh, fun again, right? Make injections great again, which I did for Mr. Flip It. <laughs> Make injections great again. Yeah, MIGA. MIGA. Let's see what happens this election year. Yeah. Are we going to shake our heads or are we going to uh, applaud? It's up to you, America. It's up to you guys. Uh, Zach. For powerlifting, so the last year there was like a facepalm moment, and you you guys fucking know it. <laughs> Look at all the changes to pharmacology, right? HCG taken away, oxandrin taken away, peptides taken away. Uh, you know, prescribing glucagon-like peptide one receptor agonists taken away. Right, it's, what a, what a, what an administration. Anyway. Let's not go too political. Zach, for a powerlifting cycle, would testosterone annotate uh, 500, tritrin 450 for eight weeks, super drill 10 milligrams for four weeks, be too much of a cycle? Uh, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna set PRs, this is probably what's required. But I would I would keep the tritrin a little bit lower. And honestly, just try train it's used at 450. That is probably not the concentration, right? Just run train acetate. Just run train acetate at like 25 milligrams a day and, and build it up as needed, you know? Again, I'm not too familiar with powerlifting cycles and what you're eating and how your blood pressure is. So I would proceed on the on the route of caution. Um, but there might be a dose-pendent effect on with Tremblone regarding strength, you know? Same as with Superdrol, same as with Anadrol. Unfortunately, for strength, more is better. You know, to the point your tendons might rupture. So uh, I'm not against it, but you have to, you know, put a boatload of ancillaries in place, especially blood pressure management, because I know you powerlifters lift very, very heavy and peripheral blood pressure that increases during strenuous lifts. Insane. Uh, otherwise, nobody would bleed. It would be bleeding from their noses and ears and eye sockets and their corners of their mouth during those powerlifting events, right? That does happen. They bleed from the knees and the hands and the face. So. And maybe the butt, butt cheeks, but you usually don't get pictures of that. <laughs> That's not exposed. Um, so, yeah, I'm not against it, but make sure you have all the ancillaries known to man, because otherwise, uh, you know, you might be hurting yourself. Ah, Mr. Camilo joined the Vigorous Crew. Welcome to the team, bro. Brian Grill, uh, how did you make the move to Thailand? Is it hard? No, it's not hard at all. You just come here um, and then you settle. You know, I made a video about how to uh, get started in Thailand. I'll link it. Uh, Thailand survival guides. I have fucking videos and everything. This is the greatest fucking YouTube YouTube channel that I never had. <laughs> Thailand survival guide. Give it to me. I even got a video on ladyboys. Uh, oh, this one is good too. Where is it? Uh, I keep linking videos. Every fucking 
live stream. Uh, how to set up to Thailand. Oh man, I have three Thailand videos. Pretty good views too. Uh, Thailand survival guide. All right, that's the one. All right, the latest three videos that are linked down below, those are the Thailand videos. Give those a watch. It will teach you everything on how to get started. And it's funny, the last like two years or something after the pandemic was over, a lot of people that watched those videos that actually came to Thailand and they said, yeah, two years ago, I watched the Thailand survival guide and now I'm here and it was so easy to get started. <laughs> so that's pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, so watch those videos. I made the move to Thailand in the uh, first time I came here in 2006. Uh, the country was completely different than it is now, way less uh, developed. Uh, the bot uh, rate to the US dollar or the euro was significantly better and the prices were a lot lower. Um, so make sure you make at least $2,000 a month, but ideally more. And then uh, do that online because you won't be able to find a job here. No, I don't know anybody really that makes money here. You can be an English teacher, but that's usually kind of frowned upon and, uh, you know, from a success perspective and because it's like a, I would say a bit of a defeatist job and ideally you set something up online whether that's online gambling or uh you know a youtube channel whatever whatever you can do online if you want to play poker online i'm not against it if you want to trade cryptocurrency uh i'm all for it right you got to make money online then you make the move to thailand you travel around a little bit to find a place you can settle uh, don't fall in love within the first five years because all the girls that you meet in the first five years are not going to be good for you. Um, so you have short-term girlfriends, and, uh, and and until you get settled and you know um, you know the the little um, flowers between the weeds. <laughs> and once you can recognize the flowers, then you can look into uh, you know getting a girlfriend. But uh, in the meantime, you just uh, rack up your numbers, man. It's it's very easy to move here. People do it all the time. And people leave here all the time also because they're not good at making money. <laughs> you need to make money first. How to properly repopulate the gut microbiome post-doxycycline. Okay, so you have probiotics, prebiotics, uh, raw foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, sushi, all right? Uh, you, you can sear your steak, you can sear your tuna. Um, and, and, and yeah, that's basically how you do it, you know? And it might take months to really repopulate it. Some people need a couple months to really properly repopulate that. So it is pretty brutal, but if you have TMEO, this is the only way to uh, combat it. And you can take the choline and the, the creatine and the carnitine out of your diet, but the bacteria will still remain if you um, have those in your intestinal tract. So you need to run a cycle of uh, doxycycline. Mm -mm -mm. let's see i'm switching over to sub q dosing for my trt tacipionate and mint acetate holy shit that's not trt that's that's more than trt plus your video sold me uh so far i'll get labs after a few weeks to check okay perfect perfect see yeah where your estradiol levels are at total testosterone and uh and just other markers you want to check and then uh, continue from there all right, my pleasure, buddy. Festazul. Uh, Festazul. Is that one of those uh, Nazguls from uh, Lord of the Rings? I'm not sure. So the Festazul is probably one of the, the party ones. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, I just had like a mental image of a Nazgul instead of a sword, just whipping out the party sticks. All right. Back on target. Uh, for an early cycle, you mentioned that we should start at one milligram per pound. Is that lean or total? Uh, uh, let's say 12% body fat. Also, how do you select the second compound to blend with? Uh, what genetic or blood test for the second compound? Okay, so if you're unsure, on my website, I have a full list of blood work parameters that you should check for your first cycle and, and consecutive cycles. Uh, medical screening required. Uh, I'll link it down below. And there I have a video about genetic tests and all the tests I wish I would have done before starting a first cycle. Give that article a good read. Uh, and then it really depends on your preference. You know, uh, the step-by-step -step cycle design video will go over this, what, what compounds to add because they all have their unique characteristics. I listed most of the established unique characteristics for each compound that is commonly used in that step-by-step -step cycle design video. I also discussed that in the bulking, uh, best bulking stack and the best cutting stack, but cutting stack uh, still has to be uh, going through the editing process. Um, so second cycle, second compounds, I mean, it, it really it depends on you. You can start with testosterone and add in more testosterone and use an aromatized inhibitor as your second compound or growth hormone or anivar or primabolin. I think turinabol or anivar, safe orals to start with, primabolin, a safe steroid, uh, injectable steroid to start with, and, and growth hormone, a safe peptide to start with, right? And the problem is anivar is expensive and sourcing, you really need to know what you're doing. Same with Primo, sourcing, you need to know what you're doing. And um, growth hormone. Um, yeah, so when that uh, email list drops, make sure you put your email in because um, that will be very beneficial for you regarding your decision-making process. Yeah. On which second compound to add in. Yeah. Uh, and genetic and blood tests, uh, just check all of it. It's good to stay on top of your health. See <laughs> uh, Wix, thanks, Steve. Uh, new here, but I've been watching you for years. Finally created an account. Time to give back. So, uh, how can I avoid this rebound? Which rebound? Uh, you mean the the you're the five weeks supercut guy? Yeah, you were the five week supercut guy. Okay, so how avoid this rebound? You get lean and then you uh, slowly get back to, uh, you know, you take all the drugs out, you go on a cruise, you control your appetite, and then you slowly but steadily increase your calories with 10%, which I will increase, well, which I will discuss in the step by step cycle design video because it's mostly about caloric adjustments, of course. Um, and did I discuss? I discussed it a little bit in the bulking uh, steroid cycle. So it, it's very simple, man. Caloric manipulations control everything. So as an example, I was on 2,500 calories for a very long time. I had to start feeling a little bit off, uh, also due to my supplementation protocol. So I made some changes to my supplementation protocol, um, made me feel better, and I increased my calories from 2,500 to about 2,800. So that's an increase of a little bit over 10%. Guess what? I'm up four kilos. I'm stronger but I got leaner right? because I filled out my skin is a little bit tighter. So I look a little bit leaner. Uh, metabolic rate obviously increased, my, my strength increased. And, and that's a small caloric adjustment that I will hold for the next couple of weeks, you know? So it sucks, it's slow, it's steady. And sometimes you're like, I wanna eat more, I wanna eat more. You're still hungry, but you just have to persist, man. You just have to persist, you know? Look at it at the Bitcoin chart. 
You know, the Bitcoin chart is slow and then sometimes it goes up fast, but then it stays steady, right? So you just got to be patient, man, with this game because all the fast things, uh, you know, fast gains will bite you in your ass, unfortunately. Why is Provire not liver toxic despite being oral? Well, all orals are liver toxic, but not all the scientific evidence shows that. I mean, you'll see on Monday from the Anavar deep dive is that Anavar in most of the scientific evidence is not liver toxic either. Um, but there is some scientific evidence that it is liver toxic. Same for Provire and same for all other, all, all other, <laughs> all other anabolic androgenic steroids. Um, and, and Proviron, I, I think there's no place for Proviron unless you're on TRT and your SHBG is still high and you need 6.25 milligrams Proviron once or twice per day or maybe 12.5 milligrams Proviron once or twice per, per day to bring your SHBG down to a libido favorable level, um, which you can also accomplish by just taking more testosterone, which is not liver toxic. <laughs> but, you know, free test is best. Watch the SHBG video. It's already linked down below. Uh, 600 tests gain better than 1500 full cycle thoughts. <laughs> Clarify, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? 1500 milligrams of, of various steroids versus 600 milligrams of test? Of course, 1500 milligrams of various anabolic steroids is going to make you gain better because it's more milligrams and you have synergy between uh, multiple steroids. So if that's what you're asking, uh, but you'll be healthier on 600 tests. Derp, psychological differences to adding 250 IOs HCG three times a week to TRT would raloxifene at 120 milligrams per day be fine with that to eradicate swollen nipple soft tissue. It's my birthday feeling generous today, $10. Okay, so um, psychological difference. Uh, well, there might there is some slight evidence that HCG has some neurotropic effects and might increase moods. It certainly increases libido at that dose. So that might have a physiological effect. That's good for your birthday, right? A horny birthday is the best birthday. And uh, the problem is with uh, raloxifene is that it's a selective estrogen receptor blocker and part of the libido enhancing effect from HCG is coming from increased estradiol. <laughs> so you increase estradiol, but you're blocking the effects. You're probably breaking even, but you can still sustain testicular function and um, uh, eradicate those swollen nipples and soft tissue. You can basically shrink your gyno by half, Please do your research on raloxifene and all the potential side effects, including clotting risk. Um, because again, in this day and age, that's, um, you know, uh, you fuel on the fire, I would say. So you can also uh, eradicate your swollen. Well, if you're on TRT and 250 IOS ACG three times a week, you shouldn't have swollen nipples unless you're playing with it all the time. Right? If that's your birthday gift, you know, just fucking using that, squeezing them like radio dials, then stop doing that. And that is causing you the inflammation. It's not swollen nipples from elevated estradiol. So before you throw in the raloxifene, uh, go on 250 IOS HCG three times a week alongside your TRT, four to six weeks into that. Check your serum estradiol levels, your prolactin levels, and your progesterone levels. And then I, I highly doubt that your uh, nipples will get any softer or more swollen or more gynecomastia-like. Um, and, and then see if you need raloxifene at all. Maybe by that time your... Um, you know, your fembot nipples have already been uh, reduced to normal size. And happy birthday, buddy. 
enjoy. Yeah, Logan says it's generous, but it's I've had $200 super chat. So nice try, but happy birthday nonetheless. <laughs> Cades, uh, Kin's father. I bought 50 milligram caps of Anavar from Underground Lab, and I'm recapping them. Content of the caps weights about 30 milligrams. Does this mean it's 30 milligrams Anavar? Oh, the content of the caps weights weighs 30 milligrams, but they labeled it as 50 milligrams. Uh, I would contact your source and uh, tell them to go fuck themselves, because that that clearly shouldn't happen. <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. That's fucked up. So if it weighs 30 milligrams, uh, assuming that there's no binders in there, right? No preservatives or binders, then yeah, you are left with 30 milligrams of anavar per tap, or maybe 20 milligrams of the anavar is still stuck to the inside of the caps. That could also be the case, right? Uh, so, so have a look inside the caps, but if you only get 30 milligrams out, um, yeah, and then that's it, you know? So you can split those 50 milligram caps into three capsules of 10 milligrams because 50 milligram caps actually contain 10 milligrams. Yeah. Don't post the source here though. I got most sources banned. But uh, this is why I always recommend pharmaceutical grade. Uh, how long can you safely run Primo at a low dose? Um, for as long as you can manage your blood work parameters. Yeah, I would say two years, but that's, my ability to manage my blood work parameters. I'm not sure what your ability to manage your blood work parameters is, uh, but if you run 200 tests and 200 primo, I think you can run that for two years continuously. Will you do that? No, of course not, because after a while, a progress will stall and then progress will be slow. And then you're going to want to increase the dose or you're, you're bored with the experiment and then you want to add in mint or trend or whatever else or anavar. Right? I mean, we're all, uh, once the gain stalled, then you want to add more junk in. And then, of course, the, the harm and the risk uh, profile goes up. And that means you can run those uh, cycles shorter because the dose is now higher. Yeah. I already answered this at the beginning. I already answered this. Uh, the, the short question is, uh, I haven't investigated that. And I'm not sure if there's any scientific evidence, but if it makes you feel safe, then go right ahead. Uh, I gained better on 600 milligrams test, just baffled. Ah, okay. So uh, if you run 1500 milligrams of different steroids and you don't gain as much, it's probably because you're not eating enough, not micronutrients are high enough. I mean, your SHBG levels work very, very low and it's just not about androgen load, it's also whatever else you're doing alongside of it. Maybe your metabolic rate was so high on 50 milligrams steroids and your SHBG was so low that you were, it's impossible to gain more uh, tissue, you know? That's why most of the guys that keep gaining also keep adding in more nutrients and more food and, 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 and do cycles where they are able to sustain their SHBG levels because you need to increase cyclic adenosine monophosphate concentrations, which helps with androgen-mediated gene transcription. So when SHBG is single digit, you can almost expect not to gain any more size, you know? So, yeah. So if you gain more in 600 tests, keep it there. Festazul, is there another question with that? I don't see it. Uh, Shades, start before I use growth hormone, is that enough for good results? 
This is the, the this is like the, these kinds of questions are like super noob questions, right? Don't specify what the what the goals are. Don't specify what your diet is. Um, the, based on this question, I would say that you're losing sixteen dollars per day if you're paying four IUs per one IU of growth hormone. Those are the results that you're getting right now, and and you lost two dollars on a super chat. <laughs> I don't know what you're after. I don't know what else you're doing. And what, yeah, so you're losing $16 per day. Those are the results. Uh, Vince Grosso, injectable carnitine plus cardarine, best uh, facet with cardio. Yes, yes, but please wait until I finish the cardarine cancer uh, video because I already started preparing for it. And um, I know I might have to redact some older videos because it, it, the evidence is not very, uh, not very good. So I would do injectable carnitine first with uh, fasted cardio. And I wait for that video to drop. Might be a couple more weeks, but because uh, I have a lot of videos in the pipeline and it needs to go to the editor. I did. It also takes a couple of days and there's a couple of videos in the queue. So uh, wait a bit and run injectable carnitine until that time. Derek, Omeprazole, uh, last 10 weeks on prep on trend opinions. Guys, why is everybody asking like the most rudimentary short questions? <laughs> uh, where does there, where are all these newbies coming from? Omeprazole, the last 10 weeks on prep, on train. You're inhibiting the absorption of uh, your nutrients because you're taking a proton pump inhibitor. And if you're uh, suffering from acid reflux on Tremblone, then you need to lower the dose and watch the acid reflux video. Crippling acid reflux using oral steroids, which will also be valid for uh, the trim bologna sandwich. So long story short, instead of lowering your stomach acidity, you need to increase the stomach acidity by adding in apple cider vinegar, beaten hydrochloride, and um, that will uh, close the mouth of your stomach. Right? The esophagus will be closed, and now you don't get any acid reflux. Problem solved. And now you're also promoting the absorption of the nutrients that you're actually eating. Um, you know, especially magnesium. And of course, if you take omeprazole for 10 weeks, you're probably not absorbing any magnesium anymore. And it also means, guess what? Blood pressure goes up. Muscular contractions go down. And then, oh, the trend. Hey, I can't gain any more muscle on trend. No, it's fucking omeprazole inhibiting nutrient absorption. Now, I just saved your life. You realize that, right? <laughs> well, not literally, but I, I saved you a boatload of shit. So take the omeprazole out, add in the apple cider vinegar, add in the B1000 chloride, eat a little bit better, follow an elimination diet, watch that uh, crippling acid reflux video, and everything will be revealed. And everything will fall into place. Thoughts and testosterone. <laughs> yeah, blow me. Get on your knees, open your mouth, I will fart in it. Yikes. Okay, so it's best to avoid carterine then. Uh, yeah, for now. Yeah, so in the beginning, there was only one study that shows cancer, right? In those um, plus minus, what was it called? Uh, mice that are more susceptible to colorectal cancer, right? That the carterine was able to uh, cause colorectal cancer or induce colorectal cancer or progress uh, the colorectal cancer in the mice that are more susceptible to it. There was only one study. And so I left it alone, right? I think, okay, that's one study blown went out of proportion. It doesn't really translate to human models. And then I looked again recently. And guess what? When you research carterine and cancer, you get 44 studies 
Yeah, so there's a lot of new scientific evidence. So I'm going to review all of that at one point uh, reasonably soon and then let you guys know what my final verdict is. Um, I, I have run a lot of cardarine in my days, though, and I didn't develop cancer as proven with recent uh, <laughs> organ imaging and cancer marker screening. All right, so at least I'm safe there. Knock on MDF. Um, but yeah. If the scientific evidence is compelling, then I would uh, then maybe can uh, cardarine will be off my list of suitable fat burners. Filippo's Jim. Uh, hey, Steve, what is the typical side effect of low estradiol uh, levels? I'm referring to an uh, unfavorable ratio between primo and test. OK, so uh, side effects of low estradiol is uh, usually low libido, dry skin, hair loss, um, ir irritability and increased urination, you know, and, and to the point you don't hold so much water because the renin angiotensin aldosterone system is kind of suppressed because estradiol levels are low. So that's a low hanging fruit, but uh, if you can buy test and primo, you can also do blood work, you know this. So instead of troubleshooting based on the side effects, schedule, a uh, schedule an appointment where you can do blood work, draw the blood, get the blood work analysis, and then make the appropriate adjustments to your primo and testosterone ratio. Because a lot of these side effects dry skin, hair loss, uh, dry joints, libido issues, those can all be caused by other uh, things. And, and right, you don't want to change the ratio uh, informally without blood work results. And now you might make it worse. I can't believe I drank a whole bottle of water this time. Let me put this down. All right. Tobias Larson, how would start dosing testosterone to masterone ratio on cycle? How would you start dosing testosterone? Can I get blood work when a decent starting point not to crush my estrogen levels? Okay, I would start with a one-to-one -one ratio. That seems to work well for most uh, guys. And then four to six weeks into it, you check your serum estrogen levels and then see if you need to adjust the dose. So you can start with 200 tests, 200 masterone, and then take it from there. Um, but if you want to make some real gains, I would start with 200 tests and 200 primo. Because <laughs> I don't think that Mastodon is particularly anabolic. Right? It's a good cosmetic enhancing drug. Uh, it's very good against breast cancer, albeit that it might be virilizing and in, in, in its effects, in its anti-prolific effects in breast cancer. Um, you know, looking at it logically, there might be some anti-prolific effects in skeletal muscle too. So... I. I'm, I know guys that run 200, 2,000 milligrams of masterone and they don't look any bigger than taking the 200 milligrams or 2,000 milligrams of masterone out. <laughs> I, I, would, I would challenge them to run 2,000 milligrams of Primo and see what happens. But it is what it is, man. Uh, Vince, uh, are you going to be involved with the enhanced game? So yeah, at, at one point I would like to participate in some, I mean, they're still trying to develop. So, uh, you know, I have occasional messages with, uh, Dr. Aaron de Souza and I met him in Thailand. So he has my full support and, uh, I'll, I'll try to reach back, uh, out, uh, around the time that more of the news starts to come out and see what capacity I can be involved, whether that's coaching athletes or giving my advice regarding pharmacology or just seeing be uh, simply being there and being backstage, which I s still like to do, you know, uh, being backstage at the bodybuilding shows. And I would love to be backstage as well. And, and I think it will be a great meeting event like the Swiss uh, symposium, right? I mean, imagine all the people who are pro performance enhancing drugs being there at the enhanced games. 
it'd be fucking epic, dude. <laughs> it would be fucking epic. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been to the Mr. Olympia twice, so I know what it's about, right? But I'm, I'm honestly looking more forward to the, to the full enhanced games than I do to the Mr. Olympia. Because, you know, Mr. Olympia is just a fitness community, right? But man, when I was at the Swiss Symposium, like all the cool guys were there, like all the smart people, all the really smart, knowledgeable, intelligent people who really push this industry forward. And I expect the similar people to show up at the enhanced games. And it would probably be the best networking event of my life. So I would, I would definitely be, would love to be a part of it and, and just be there and watch the IOC and WADA and USADA crumble. Yeah. I would fucking love to see it. Uh, Tyler Jones. Oh, we're almost reaching the end of the live stream, guys. You better get your super chats in before I put in that final notice. Um, thoughts on 500 tests, 500 primo, 200 deca, 4 IHGH, like in your bulking video, but no insulin or orals. Is insulin recommended on the bulk? Uh, I think the cycle is beautiful. Um, you can actually add in another unit of growth hormone, 5 IUs, because you're, um, let's see, 1,200 milligrams of steroids. Uh, 5 IUs growth hormone is perfect synergy, I would say. 1 IU a growth hormone per day for every 250 milligram steroids that you take per week. A complete arbitrary number that I came up with. Total bro sign, no scientific evidence to support it. Uh, but yours truly did coach most people, more people than um, most other people on YouTube. So I have a, a fuckload of experience when it comes to this kind of stuff. And uh, no, insulin is not always recommended. Um, but at one point, your food intake will be so high that your pancreas might not be able to keep up. Um, and, and, and your, your skeletal muscle might still be able to accept additional nutrients, right? Because your training volume is so high and your recovery is so good from the testosterone, the primo, the deca and the growth hormone, uh, that at one point it might be uh, good to do instead of adding in more tests, more primo and more nandrolone, going to 750 tests, 750 primo and 300 deca and, and what is it? six, eight IUs of growth hormone, you add in maybe 20 IUs, 25 IUs of Lantus uh, upon waking and five to 10 IUs Umalog pre or post workout, and then you uh, get phenomenal gains. Yeah, which is reasonably safe. But again, buy the insulin ebook, 100 bucks, it will literally explain everything. Isaiah. Uh, is it necessary to consume 1.5 grams of protein per pound to maximize IGF-1 production? I have very high IGF-1 level, 750, but I don't know how much protein matters. Um, well, I wouldn't worry about additional uh, IGF-1 production if your IGF-1 levels are this high. I would worry about protein consumption to maximize the gains that you're going to get from this high of an IGF-1 level, you fucking asshole, because I have to inject Incrolex to get 390 nanograms per milliliter, and you have almost double. So, uh, uh, how about you send your liver to me? We'll do like a, a liver replacement. You get my old abused non-alcoholic fatty liver uh, disease liver, and I'll take yours to pump out IGF-1, and I'll put it to fucking work. I promise you this. And then you don't have to worry about protein. <laughs> Let me worry about that. <laughs> no, but this is great, dude. Um, so let's say you're 200 pounds, you eat 300 grams of protein. I think one and a half grams of protein is okay. Yeah, make sure you have a bottle load of carbohydrates and, and a good amount of fat and just maximize your gains, man, because uh, this IGF-1 level is uh, crazy, unless you're on MK677 and you're cheating. 
right, or, or exogenous growth hormone, then uh, yeah, here we. What's your daily growth hormone dose? <laughs> uh, just just my thought. Ah, here we go. Six point five IU's. Okay, so he's on a boatload of GH, equivalent to once six point five, equivalent to once weekly growth hormone. Hopefully, planning to get up the dose. What are you on the, the uh, what is this called? The long acting growth hormone? Are you on uh, what? 6.5? 6.5 divided by or times 7. Are you on 45.5? I use growth hormone once per week. The Angela. Angel, Angela. GH. Not Angela. Jesus Christ. Oh, let me see. A Roman Fritz told me about it. I think he was able to get some. Oh, and guys, stop DMing uh, Roman Fritz about injectable Superdrol. You get upset. <laughs> Please, stop. All right, what was he? Here, 21, 28 injectable Superdrol questions already. So I can't mention Roman Fritz anymore. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Njinla. Is that the one you're using? That once per week growth hormone administration. Anyway, post it in the chat. So your IGF-1 levels are great. And with this much uh, growth hormone, uh, I would say that 1.5 grams of protein uh, per pound of body weight is good, assuming that you add uh, a good amount of um, carbohydrates and healthy fats and, and you know, do everything else right. Because, um, you know, you got to put all that GH to work and make those gains, baby. Dirty Deeds, welcome on board. Seawix, gonna buy the insulin ebook. Uh, can only get pharma long acting insulin. Is it worth introducing? Will I still have good insulin uh, sensitivity? I have how to know if I'm a candidate. Um, again, the insulin ebook will explain everything, and I have methods in there to sustain insulin sensitivity while running long acting insulin. And, and that includes magnesium, uh, you know, controlled carbohydrate intake. Uh, cardio glucose logs and how to manipulate your diets based on glucose changes over the day that is all included in the insulin ebook so you'll be surprised 130 pages of uh, epicness eg oh yeah so he's using a uh, skytrofa so that's the the long acting growth hormone please report back to us in a couple of weeks because i don't know so many people who use the long acting growth hormone the pigelated growth hormone with uh, the what is it what is it called uh i know it's bound to something i forgot because I, I i haven't really talked to many people who use the long acting growth hormone but i would like to see some anecdotal reports uh before i try it myself and then maybe make a video about it because again, it's a little bit of a unique item and it, it's kind of pointless to make videos about compounds that nobody can get because it doesn't get views um, and it doesn't get into the algorithm by the time, uh, you know, it does come to the market. So, but I would love to hear your anecdotal report. So once you run it for a while, either report back here or shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll be looking forward to it, even though I have to delete most of the messages that I get. Um, but I would like to know what your experience is with long-acting growth hormone. Festizol, is there any genetic markers that predict the probability of enhanced sensitivity to testosterone? Uh, no, unfortunately not. I have markers and examples that cortisol shots do nothing for me. Um, as, as far as I know, there's nothing about androgen receptor sensitivity or GAC repeaters 
on 23andMe or some of the other genetic uh, testing websites. Um, and, and, and I think cortisol shots, they look at the enzymatic reactions that convert cortisol into corticosterone. That's the 11 beta. Man, 11 beta. Is it steroid dehydrogenase? Ah, oh, there it is. There's one enzyme that converts uh, corticosteroids into a corticosterone, which inactivates it. So it could be that they were able to detect that your enzymatic activity is very, very high. And that if you take cortisol, that it gets rapidly inactivated, right? But that's not a that's not a traditional test where they look for the receptor, but they look for the enzymes, which the genetic tests, uh, you know, as of now, they can look for many of these enzymes that convert one thing into another thing. But regarding the, the receptor sensitivity and the GAC repeaters on the androgen receptor, I don't think that's been established, right? I could be mistaken here because they don't really keep track much of the, the, the genetics. But as far as I know, that's that's not possible. Um, so if you want to see how you respond, get your hands dirty like everybody else. All right, let's wrap it up. No more super chats. I will take your money, but not answer from this point. All right, guys. The hard wall is here and i know last time you guys kept posting super chats but i'm not going to do it so if you uh if you post after this i will take your money but i'm not going to answer your question because <laughs> i gotta fucking sleep too you know man it's 2 30 at night cameron gauge uh growth hormone had had ba bad face acne and hates it never had any before because or during uh, but it got bad when she got off. Off of what? <laughs> off of a cycle? Uh, doesn't want to get back on. All right. Back on birth control. What causes this? Hormonal fluctuations, most likely. How can I fix this? Um, watch the acne videos. Fix her diet. Fix her uh, hygiene. Uh, and, and make sure that she gets into a state where her hormonal balance is stable. And that might uh, require you to talk to a female specialist. Maybe talk to a Victoria Felcar. She's very, very good when it comes to hormones uh, for, for women. I'll link her Instagram down below. She is the smartest woman I know when it comes to this kind of stuff. I should get her on a podcast. Really, she's hands down one of the smartest women in our industry. So, and her consultations are very affordable. She would be able to fix your girlfriend right up. I promise you. I promise you. But I, you know, I would need to see some blood work. And if you get blood work, then it's probably better to go to Victoria to fix this. So long story short, watch the acne videos, uh, fix your diet, fix your hygiene, remove all the dairy products, look into her intestinal health, and then your, the hormonal fluctuations that she's experiencing right now. I would discuss with Victoria Felcar. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because he's way more in tune with female physiology than I am. And I'm getting a little bit rusty, right? My, my wife didn't do anything for the last couple of years. And I haven't coached any women for a long time. So uh, I'm not really up to speed anymore when it comes to female physiology. But Victoria Velcar certainly is. 
uh let's see dirty deeds for a 42 year old perimenopausal women libido 10 milligrams dhea pt141 oxytocin 2.5 milligrams anivar l-citrulline uh why l-citrulline for libido okay uh, what kind of arginine is that dhea too low for her age yeah that might be a little bit too low but you can detect that with blood work um i think uh you know peri or postmenopausal women would do well with 25 to 50 maybe even 75 milligrams of dhea and if that doesn't get it done, then you might want to look into a TRT. Yeah, TRT, half a milligram or 0.2 milligrams testosterone and ramping up uh, if needed, you know? So uh, you already got the oxytocin in there. I can look into some max. I also got a libido video for her, uh, the women and uh, sublingual DHT and Anivar is uh, a pretty good libido boost. I'll tell you that. Oh, it's my wife on the front page. And thumbnail. All right, I'll link it down below. But yeah, in, in uh, wait a minute. I would, the first thing I would do is blood work, see where DHA sulfate levels and DHA and pregnenolone levels are at, because PT141 oxytocin and Anivar, uh, you can't really detect in your blood work. But DHA, you can change. And of course, you know, if, if DHA sulfate levels, estradiol and, and testosterone levels are low, then you can slowly ramp up the DHA uh, until her libido is better. Yeah, and look at the Sumax, but I discussed that in the libido video. That can heighten the sensitivity to adrenal hormones, including DHA. And um, then yeah, optimize neurotransmitter balance and help with oxytocin sensitivity. And uh, that's, that can be really a game changer in this protocol. EG, if you uh, wanted to get better at esports pro gaming, what supplements, compounds would you recommend? Things like aiming with a mouse and facts reaction times. Um, that's Adderall. Adderall or um, uh, what was that nootropic called? Dihexa, one of those, one of those dopaminergic, um, you know, compounds uh, that that you know are slightly stimulatory, and it's fucked up recommendations. Obviously, I'd rather have you watch the entire Optima Optimized Entrepreneur Nootropic Deep Dive video series. But, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, if there's programming, if there's money involved, um, Dihex and Adderall, which aren't really nootropics, uh, but it will certainly increase reaction time and, uh, and, and you know, uh, cholinergic signaling from your brain to your fingers. So you can have a very low latency, just like the low latency on your uh, LCD or OLED screen. <laughs> yeah, I just don't run it every day, okay? Uh, a Rolly B. All right, let me see if there's a question in text. Here it is. Uh, hey, Steve, thanks for what you do. What's your overall opinion on compounded testosterone creams? More or less side effects to the milligram dose when compared to injectable. Any benefits? Well, so I don't really like testosterone creams because the problem is that if you have uh, cats or a partner or uh, kids in the house, and you you apply the testosterone cream and some of that doesn't absorb it and it ends up in your underwear and then you wash this underwear with other people in the house and then this testosterone cream which of course you, you know might not break down fully with the, the, the washing detergent that you use now transfers to their clothes and then cumulatively over time 
uh, other people in your household, including your pets, might get androgenic uh, side effects. So this is the reason why I don't like testosterone cream. And this is actually well documented in some cases where children um, get virilizing effects at a very young age because daddy is using testosterone cream and it's, it's just spilling into the clothes. So um, I, I'm not for it. But if you're solo, if you're single and you don't want to inject, uh, this might be a viable route. Um, apparently, uh, applying that to the testicles directly is the most uh, absorbable route from what I've heard. I've never used it myself. I've never used it myself, but I, I would go for the injectable, man. I would go for the injectable. Plus, you know, putting cream on your nutsack or any other place and then it doesn't fully absorb and then you start to sweat and you get this greasy feeling on your skin and like, eh, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know why they designed this. Of course, the, you know, they want to get the customers that don't want to inject, but dude, injecting testosterone is so fucking easy. Paul, he's just here for the growth hormone talk. <laughs> well, use the timestamp so you don't waste two and a half hours of your life. <laughs> I'll check back into the podcast what you guys said on the question. I just wanted to troll a little bit with all the recent deletions of YouTube channels. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll watch that afterwards. All right, last super chat of the day, Jeremy Haynes. Uh, TRT is 200 milligrams per week for one and a half years with great results. Fat loss from 30% to 16%. Great fucking job. Looking for a little boost to knock off uh, about 4 to 6% in about three to four months, uh, considering upping the test or adding clean. Thoughts? Uh, so you're 16%. So up the test to 300 milligrams or 350 milligrams, add in an aromatized inhibitor, obviously. And when you're... Uh, 8% body fat or 10% body fat, you can look into adding clen. Uh, oh, you want to knock off 4 to 6%. So you want to get down to 10%, right? Okay. When you're 12% body fat, you can add in the clen to get down to 10%. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I would do. And then and then you take the clen out. You uh, slowly increase your uh, food intake to not be in a fat loss phase anymore. And then when your calories are sufficiently high enough and you're stable at that body weight and body fat percentage, then you can cruise back to TRT and hold there for a couple months. Yeah, that will be my recommendation. All right, guys, uh, I see there's a lot more questions, but let's wrap it up because I am uh, mad fucking tired. <laughs> Honestly, my super chat was skipped. All right, let me scroll back. Sorry. Where is it? My phone. I'm scrolling all the way up, but I don't see a super chat. So are you trolling? You just want to get a freebie in? I don't see a super chat, bro. Let me go all the way down. $5 super chat. Oh. <sighs> oh, here we are. Sorry, my bad. Found it. It's only five bucks, so I might have over. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I just missed it. Sorry, because I saw like uh, Rolly B, and then I had to skip past you to answer his question, right? And you were in the middle. So we we get we'll we'll get to it. 
how is underground lab growth hormone produced is it different really worth the price okay so underground lab growth hormone is produced in the same way that uh, growth hormone or pharmaceutical growth hormone is produced using uh, recombinant technology uh, with e coli bacteria so they uh, the e coli bacteria produce growth hormone with the dna uh, that the, the sequence that produces growth hormone and then the growth hormone is extracted from the e coli filtered uh, pure uh, you know, uh, purified and then lyophilized into those, uh, you know, little vials. And then, uh, you know, through the exchange of Bitcoin and shipping addresses, it, it magically appears in your inbox. So is the private difference really worth the price? I mean, if underground lab growth hormone is high purity, high potency, and there's nothing going wrong in the shipping procedure from the factory in China or India to your house, then uh, it could very well just be as good as a pharmaceutical growth hormone for a significantly lower price. Uh, the problem is most of the underground um, generic Chinese generics or Indian generics are not as potent, are not as pure, uh, contain other stuff, impurities or, or antidiuretic hormone or, or GTRP6 or something else, um, uh, giving you less results than pharmaceutical growth hormone. Now, you have to compare the money that you spent for the results you get. So the let's say the molecule is in there, right? It's a, it's amino acid based growth hormone and, and, and maybe a little bit of impurities, maybe a little bit of side effects, but it's manageable. Let's say you spend $10 on uh, underground lab growth hormone per day and you spend $10 on pharmaceutical um, growth hormone per day and you get four IUs underground lab growth hormone and only two IUs pharmaceutical growth hormone. If you get more results for those two IUs of pharmaceutical growth hormone, then your $10 is better spent. But if you get better results for the four IUs underground lab growth hormone, then your $10 is better spent there, right? So look at how much money you spent and how much results you get. And if the side effects are tolerable, because even some of the pharmaceutical growth hormones can make you hold quite a bit of water. Um, so right, run both. Run a month on underground lab growth hormone that you believe in. Run a month on pharmaceutical growth hormone that is affordable to you. Run it at $10 per day and see what happens. All right, see what happens. All right. Let's see if I missed anything from the members. Yeah, I do want to grow my channel, but I don't want to... Uh, I just don't want to do reaction videos, man. I, I recorded like four or five, and then I started editing. And I, I just felt dirty. <laughs> you know? So I, I'm just going to make the best content I can make. I, I'm just going to make fucking, um, what do you call? Uh, you know, what I've been producing lately. Just more of that. I mean, it seems to be doing well, so might as well. What's the woman uh, you just recommended? Victoria. Victoria Felcar. I, I listed her. Uh, you know, guys, we have like a description section. And everything that I mentioned is in the description section. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines from the top. There's a link to Instagram, Victoria Felcar. All right. Subscribe. Uh, all right. The, la the rest we can answer the next time. <laughs> At least for the win. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and Gorilla Mind, obviously, but I, I mean, I, I run Gorilla Mind Energy and Gorilla Mind Respawn, and, and I can't say that it really increases reaction time. Does it improve cognitive function and, and recollection and productivity? Certainly, but reaction time, uh, I can't, I'm old as fuck, right? I wouldn't be able to survive in Doom even with Adderall. My reaction time is way too low, right? So 
Uh, it's, it's fast enough for driving, but it's not fast enough for Doom. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. <laughs> this was fun. I'll see you guys next weekend. Take it easy. Um, ha- have fun uh, doing cool stuff. And uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Um, yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that, uh, you know, will be doing that anyway. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Guys, see you later. Peace out. And take care of yourself.